Keep up the nonsense. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody feel fiesta? It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike D'Lo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell them what it pop if you got some of them little brandy on a little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Yes, yes, yes. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. We are live at our Chafee County telecasting complex, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over three quarters of a million times in 150 plus countries across the globe. Except Cuba. We are Cuba? No. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, and at thetrailshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hall. In studio this month to bring the Trail Show redemption on the Uinta Highline Trail, we have a longtime Trail Show listener, Utah aficionado, and current year CDT through hiker, the one, the only, Kevin Lamboy! DeVries! Woo! <laughs> Welcome to the show, fatty. <laughs> it is an honor and a pleasure to be here. Larry boy! How the hell did we get you in studio? What a get. Well, he was taping a special about um, oh, yeah, he was micro holes in your thermorest across yeah. the hall. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to say that thermorest cannot actually be repaired by wishing alone <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that maybe there's a trail tip Ooh, in there somewhere yeah. we'll just have to wait and see yeah we'll just have to wait and see all right pod let's set the table and tell folks what we're serving up today on the show well today we have an extra small show just kidding um no we we've got a lot going on we've got our you know our standard stuff but we have some guests that may or may not be popping in here and there and we are going to be, I think, Skyping D'Lo in if he is able to put his kids to bed. So we'll see if that yeah, happens. Th- that could go either He's way. He's got some errands to do. He's got to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. He just doesn't know if there'll be time. There just might not be time. Might not be time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We've got beers from two donors uh, this month. We've got Eric Samueli and Lisa Mueller. They brought us a selection of beers that we're going to get into in a little bit, including a beer from Africa, from Niger. But most of those beers were from Minnesota. Minnesota. They've got some uh, poutine in them, Derry. No, that'd be disgusting. No, come on. Gross. How dare you? And also, the Curtis Ware, which is what we're starting with here. I, I guess I'll wait. We'll talk about. Yeah. Um, we've got lots of donors to talk about. We've got some new donors. We've got some old donors. Um, what else? We've got a conservation interview with a past guest who's That's coming right. in. Uh, Marcus Selig from the National Forest Foundation. He's going to bring us up to speed on what they've been doing over the last year and a half. Yeah. And we've got a final clip from Wolverine. From oh, the, that's right. The Baja Dubai Trail. The long-awaited. The long-awaited. And you, you thought powdered milk messed with your stomach. Try drinking some gasoline water and see how that does. <laughs> oh, man. That sounded so Powdered bad. milk may be uncomfortable, but it won't be fatal. <laughs> yeah. 
and with all the news that's fit to be heard. P.O.D., take it away. Okay, I'm not going to start with a downer. I'm going to start with an upper. I'm going to start with trail item number zero. Number zero. D'Lo is trapping wild animals in his backyard. What? Yes, Mike DiLorenzo of Boulder, Colorado is opening an animal trapping business. The Boulder resident says that these animals are taking up residence in Boulder. These animals that are taking up residence in Boulder have a difficult time living in other parts of the state due to their need for peaceful vibes, organic compost, and the healing vibrational wavelengths that naturally occur in the Boulder atmosphere. But nowhere else. He plans to capture them in Zen cages and then release each one into an area just on the outskirts of Boulder, but within the spiritual orb of the city, and that he will personally burn sage in the area prior to release of each animal. Wow. I did see a picture of yep, the I trapped mama raccoon that I guess was living under his porch with about five little ones. Is that kind of what we heard? Yes. But it was a very bourgeois raccoon. Oh, for sure. And I think it's no longer in Delo's zip code. Maybe. He may have taken it somewhere special. Now, does he relocate the problem raccoons to the Bob Marshall wilderness, just like Glacier does with uh, all the problem bears? (laughs) Problem bears. bears. TBD, you'll have to let us know once you get up there. Yeah. Send us a postcard. Perhaps there are bears up there that are are the size of raccoons. Could be. Or raccoons the size of bears. Hey, now. (laughs) That would be more terrifying than a bear. All right, Beauty. What, okay. what else do you have? We've got some sad news here. Two men fell to their death on El Capitan, and this happens, you know, from time to time, more more often than not, I guess. Um, June second, some, some two guys uh, were speed climbing on the lower pitches of the I don't even know how to say that Salate Wall in a section called Free Blast. Two highly experienced cli- climbers, Tim Klein and Jason Wells, and I think Jason Wells is from Boulder, actually. Yeah. Um, so these are two guys that have been up and down that several, many, 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 many times and very difficult things. And they're into speed climbing, which I didn't know was another you yeah. know, subcategory of that sport. And um, they still don't know exactly what happened, but there was a fall and they were up together. And so they both fell and they did not make it. So mm. how far? I think a thousand feet. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's surprising that the uh, the first death on El Cap occurred when climbers were roped up because people there have a habit of free climbing doing hmm. these free solo bizarre stunts i would say and yeah it's yeah. just a matter of time you know yeah yeah but the thing the fact that they were roped together i mean it's different than like i think trad climbing where you're clipped in each time you know what i'm saying yeah they may have been simul climbing or something yes. like that, which is a common speed uh, speed yeah. climbing technique yeah I don't know. I don't know all the ins and the outs, the twists and the turns of climbing. So, uh, Let's see here. Item number two. Uh, Navajo Nation and EPA questions plans to open land near Great Sand Dunes for oil and gas drilling. I don't even know where what this is. What could possibly go wrong? Right? Yeah. BLM officials were pressing ahead on an anonymously submitted proposal that eventually could bring industrial trucks and drilling rigs into 18,000 acres of wildlife habitat in the Huérfano River Basin above the Wet Mountain and San Luis Valleys. Efforts by Ryan Zinke to accelerate development of fossil fuels in public lands, but whatever. The lease, leases would give access to fossil fuels under land within a mile of the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Preserve. This would happen on land that energy companies, company owners Crystal and David Watts of Texas bought last year from shampoo magnate Todd Tom Redmond. A shampoo magnet, huh? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. 
Apparently that's a thing now. But the the property, when they bought the property, the, the Wattses told Werfano County commissioners they were going to develop it as an elk hunting ranch. And that's uh, what the documentation shows. The so old, the anonymous proposal then. The old bait and switch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Item number three. Uh, bear attacks family camping in Red Feather Lakes area in Colorado. This just happened. Yes. There was a family of four that was sleeping in their tent at like 11 p.m. And a bear trampled the tent. A man was taken to the hospital, but not serious or life-threatening injuries. Wildlife officials are trying to find the bear. Traps have been set up. And all available means are being used to find and remove the bear. Maybe that's why Dilo's not here tonight. Maybe he's up there trying to, you know. Remove the bear? Spirit talk the bear. Or, or the very large raccoon. You know yeah. what they say about the bear. Sometimes you eat the bear. And sometimes, sometimes the, the bear, bear eats, eats you. you. There was also a uh, bear attack down in the Gila very recently. Oh, really? Yeah, a bear right, went right into somebody's tent. A CDT was, hiker? I don't know whether this person was a CDT hiker or not, okay. but they went into his tent at night. and While he was him, in it? Yes, and got him in the process. And dragged him out? I don't know that detail now. This one, they're wow. thinking that there was food in the tent. Yeah, I saw, I did read something about that. Luckily for you, though, Red Feather Lakes is east of the CDT, so so interesting. Both you shouldn't of the, have anything yeah, to worry both about. Both of those were, would have been black bear attacks. <laughs> yeah, which is yep. interesting. Yep. Mm. Okay, uh, item number four: the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Disco has been a fan most of his life, and he was very emotional last night. I was. If by most of his life, you mean about three weeks. How dare you, sir? Most of his Larry boy, how dare you? Most <laughs> of his hockey life, which has been about three weeks. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I No, I like the Avs. I pull for the Avs, but the Avs, they have trouble. So you have to pick, like, who's your number two team when your number one team isn't doing what they need to do? So, you know, I was born four That's miles That's like say, asking who Capitals your second Arena. wife is when your first wife isn't hey, allowed. Oh, I know, I I know who know. it is. I know who it is. We're if, not going to go there. If it were an option, it would be Sofia Vergara. Oh, come on. Ask who my second husband is. I don't want to know. You don't. <laughs> If it were an option, it would probably be Wayne Brady. I thought it was Denzel. No, I've moved on to Wayne Brady. You lo- you've always talked about Wayne Brady. Mm-hmm. I love him. I'm going to have to whack the tubes, though, because... Okay, please do that. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Okay, uh, let's see here. <laughs> that was a good question. Nice, Larry Boy. There was a question there? Larry Boy's question. Okay, very good. Item number five. This is compliments of Curtis Ware, who sent us a crowler. This crowler that we're drinking is from Damascus Brewing. Damascus Brewing, and he also sent us a newspaper from Trail Days, as well as the like ad guide from Trail Days, which I didn't know existed. No, it's like OR. And in the newspaper, we found out that the ATC is opening a conference center in Damascus. The center will coordinate trail construction, leave no trace, introductions to backpacking, and rare plant identification programs. It will be also open to paddlers, cyclists, fishermen, etc. It will contain interactive displays that tell the history of the AT slash ATC as well as to promote volunteerism. The ATC is expanding. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I saw they had the little schematic, yeah. the 3D blueprint. It looks like a pretty nice facility. Yep. Did it say what their timeline was? It may have. I didn't read. I was skimming and scanning. Very grad good. School. What's your next item up okay. for bid, P.O.D.? Item six. E, the Ute Fire in New Mexico, 26,000 acres, has shut down Philmont Scout Ranch until July. Yeah. Normally, 23,000 scouts utilize the camp during the summer. Yeah, and I think the fire originated from that property. Okay. I, and it's still under investigation how it started, but um, 
I guess it's moving to the east, to the north and the yeah. east. In Santa Fe, I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but the Santa Fe National Forest Yeah, we can is talk closed. about that during trips. Okay, very good. Uh, item number eight, Pie Town has a temporary post office. Yeah, Woo! so we reported on this a couple trail shows ago. So what happened? They were going to so close I it? So I did some skimming and scanning of the article that Larry Boy sent me, and it looks like they were going to close it, They and the closest PO was going to be 22 miles away. They were oh. worried about people not being able to make it, and the senators were trying to lobby the USPS to try to make something happen, and then they installed some cluster boxes So oh, yeah. in I different areas. Yeah. So it seemed like they were still going to get some mail delivery, but maybe not daily. I don't know. And then there was some more finagling and some more con- reconnoitering. And then, in, like, li- like in the middle of the night, they made this decision. And they, had ar- they installed the cluster boxes, like, overnight. And then a week later, they're like, okay, and actually we're going to have a temporary post office in this old real estate building. In Pie Town. In Pie Town. So they have a temporary post office. And Is that... Did you see it, Larry Boy, when you went through? So when I went through, it was the very last day of operations of the old building. Okay. And the oh. reason that they cited that the post office was yes. closing in the first place was not that they just wanted to get rid of it or um, economize it or save no, money or no. anything like that. It was that the building was literally falling apart around them. So they Ooh. needed to do something. Yeah, they actually deemed the building unsafe. Okay. Having been in that building, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> and not just because there was eight smelly hikers in there. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty unsafe, too. <laughs> Especially if they're guys. Um, okay. <laughs> Item number seven. So there's a volcano going off on the big island, Kilauea. Yeah. And people, if you haven't seen videos of this, you need to pull up some videos at night in your house and turn the lights off and watch the TV for about two minutes. We Or fl- if you're disco, two hours. <laughs> yeah. At night. It's a night. So he, I, he watches I would, the videos. I would recommend pull up YouTube, type in Big Island Video News, find that channel, and watch any and all of their videos. They put out a couple a day, and there's a lot of helicopter footage. And it's rivers of lava and fountains of lava. It's crazy. I've never seen anything did, like that. We did that. make Larry Boy watch it last night. What did you yeah. think? Were you impressed with the video Well, I was mostly asleep. However, yes, it was impressive. <laughs> It's incredible. It's it was like, after the fifth beer. It reminded me of Yellowstone, like watching Old Faithful, but instead of uh, steam, it's actually lava. lava. It is crazy. It's a lava fountain. What's very interesting to me is that entire subdivisions were just completely buried, except for these little pockets of like yeah, isolated humanity, you know, houses and trees, it's completely <clears throat> surrounded by black lava flows. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's a mess. So anyway... Some This guy, Jay Fur tweeted to the USGS, and he wrote, and I quote, Is it safe to roast marshmallows over volcanic vents? Assuming you had a long enough stick, that is. Or would the resulting marshmallows be poisonous? The USGS quickly responded with, um, We're going to have to say no, that's not safe, and please don't try it. If the vent is emitting a lot of sulfur dioxide or hydrogen sulfide, they would taste bad, in all caps. And that's what they emit. Yeah. <laughs> and if you add sulfuric acid, in, yeah. which is in VOG, VOG is volcanic, volcanic... Smog. Smog. VOG. If you add sulfuric acid, which is what is in VOG, to sugar, you get a pretty spectacular reaction. Now, when we were looking through these tweets earlier, Larry Boy and I, I actually pulled up a uh, video of someone adding um, sulfuric acid to a big beaker full of sugar, and it was really... 
kind of creepy. Was there an explosion? There was no, no explosion. It, it was, okay. We both felt like it was slightly pornographic, actually, after watching it. It was a little weird. Okay. I encourage you to look that up. Seek it out on your own. But it's not good. And it would be disgusting. All and right. you shouldn't be that close to a vent. Anyway, that's it. Should I run out the door? Yep, run out the door. You ran out the door? Yep. And you're back. I'm back. Hey, we didn't do beer of the month. Let's do it. And now it's time for For Mike Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. D'Lo, take it away. Oh, wait a minute. D'Lo's not here. Hello, D'Lo. So, P.O.D., do you want to handle beer of the month? Sure, we can all just split it up. So right now we're drinking a Crowler from uh, the Damascus Brewery, and we don't know what it is. But it tastes like, Larry Boy, what do you think? Well, it's very sweet, it but it also sweet. has quite a pronounced hop characteristic. I honestly have no idea what this is. I like it, but I'm very confused by it. Yeah, yeah it's all we know is that it's called TD, presumably for Trail Days or something like that. Yeah, it's got an ABV of four and a half, and it was brewed on five nineteen. And it has a beaver, and well, it has a beaver holding mascot. a mug. Oh yeah, that's their yeah. mascot. So it tastes to me like a multi IPA mixed with. Sweet, sweet tea. tea. <laughs> I'd go with that. I definitely taste a little note of honey in there. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the other beers? The other beers, I don't have them in front of me, and we'll get into them as we drink them. But we have several okay. IPAs from Minnesota. And as I said, we have a beer from Niger. See how I did that? See that? <laughs> it rhymed. Um, and it's a strong beer, actually. It is. Seven and a half percent. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. And um, so It's called The Black. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, oh yeah. Do that in Dila voice. Yeah. Yeah. The black. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Dila, but it sounds like a movie character that I. No, I think it sounds just like Dila. Okay, um, and that is from Eric Samuli and Lisa Mueller. This is Eric and Lisa, and we never listen to the Trail Show. Who are Trail Show listeners who happen to be in uh, the area for the summer, just biking and hiking and uh, hanging out with us, doing their thing. What else would you want for the summer? Yeah. Should anyway, we... so thanks to all of those folks, and we're going to keep getting into those as we get into it. Speaking of getting into stuff, let's talk about our trail of the month. We're bringing back a trail that we talked about last time in August of 2013 on episode 15. And that episode, incidentally, we had the onion on as a guest, and that's where the infamous ice debacle came up and we'll talk about that later because as larry boy pointed out earlier we never really discussed what exactly happened what went down but uh, the onion sent us a promo and i think he explains it better than we could however on that episode we featured the uinta highline trail as our trail of the month and as it turns out our good friend here larry boy was getting ready to do a hike of the uinta highline trail and with bated breath and much anticipation, he tuned into the episode, and all he got was six crummy minutes of talk about the UHT, which left him very disgruntled and upset. So we're here to bring redemption to the Uinta Highline Trail. Larry Boy, what do you think? You know, I'm in favor of that. And not only were the six minutes crummy, they were largely in- interrupted by discussions of through laking. Apparently, that's a thing. Through laking? Yes, through laking. And oh my God. various laughter of the juvenile sort, shall we say, yeah. at various uh, place names along the UHD. So, uh, yeah, I think we could probably do a little bit better. Okay. And you were telling me that you've 
you've actually almost hiked this trail twice now. That's right. I did. I've done it once in completion and then over various summer trips. Yeah. Done most of it the second time. All right. So let's, uh, let's bring everybody back up to speed. Just the basics. How long is it? Where does it start? Where does it end? And are there options? There are options, as a matter of fact. So the Uinta Mountains are not necessarily the most well-known chain in the Rocky Mountains, but they're essentially in the northeast corner of Utah, um, uh, in the general vicinity of Dinosaur National Park. Okay. And what's interesting about the Uinta, uh, the Uinta Mountains is that they actually run east-west rather than north-south. No. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Um, almost perfectly east-west. Um, the main spine of the ridge is maybe just a little bit more than 100 miles long. So on the eastern side, you're talking Dinosaur National Monument, and on the west side, you're essentially talking Park City, Utah, just over the hill from, from Salt Lake City. So the Uinta Highline Trail is a trail that tries to uh, kind of stay as high as possible while avoiding technical terrain, and we'll get into that a little bit, little bit later. Okay. But it's anywhere from 70 to 100 miles long. There's mm. essentially a 70-mile option, there's an 80-mile option, and there's a 100-mile option. So if you were going to hike with, like, your sister, you'd have to take the shorter option, obviously. Yeah, so she wouldn't slow me down. Exactly. Oh, wow. I mean, that's what The Onion told us, so. I'm just repeating what The Onion told me. Oh, okay. Perfect. (laughs) Everything I know in life, I've learned from The Onion. Okay, good. (sighs) So really, between the three options, I would really recommend the 80-mile option. It starts at Leedy Peak Trailhead, which is the easternmost... Uh, 12,000 foot peak in the Uinta range, okay. and the highest point above treeline. If you go, do the 70 mile option, you miss 10 miles of good stuff. And if you do the 100 mile option, well, then you basically have a 20 mile approach trail through the forest, which isn't a lot of fun. Yeah. And is of dubious quality sometimes, we'll say. Yeah. So hmm. the, uh, primarily, people use the 100 mile option because of the logistical ease of the shuttle. And we can talk about that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. We should actually, let's jump right into that. So it is an east west trail with the eastern half being what you said about an hour and a half from uh, Salt, Salt Lake City. City. Mm-hmm. But the western terminus is kind of out in the middle of nowhere, right? That's right. Yeah. So if what do you, you do? It, well, let's say that you're a. Uh, experience through hiker and you think you're going to hitch this well you better take an, a day and a half to uh to, yeah it's going to take you four or five rides each of several hours because there's really not many roads in the area and it's nigh unto impossible logistically to make it happen second option of course is that you know somebody in utah and you buy them beer and give them gas money and a nice dinner and have them shuttle you yeah the third option is there is a shuttle service that will take you from one end to the other it's called, the, I think, the Wilkins Bus Line, um, and they have various prices for each of the 70, 80, and 100-mile options. Hmm. So you can Google that if you want. Um, but what I want to talk about is why you would hike the, the Highline Trail to begin with. Yeah. So the, the Uintas are actually one of the larger ranges in the American Rockies. There's a couple other contenders, but it's generally said that the Uintas have the most contiguous area above treeline, or at least it's very close. Um, what that means is that you have these huge, expansive views throughout most of your route on the UHT. In fact, there, I think there's about a 40 to 50-mile stretch where you don't dip below treeline a single time. Wow. And the entire trail from start to finish is entirely above 10,000 feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So bring, yeah. Your, uh, br- bring your supplemental oxygen or <laughs> stay high for a few right. days to acclimate. Yeah. I feel uh, like the Wind River High Route was 
for the most part, was above 10 yeah. the whole time. Yeah. So it, let yeah. me ask you a question about that. Are the Uintas kind of like the Sangres in the sense that they kind of rise up out of nowhere and there's open expanses on either side? On the north side, yes. On the south side, you quickly get into Colorado Plateau territory. Right. So course. the topography is a little bit complicated. Yeah. That actually marks the northern extent of the Colorado Plateau is the Uinta Mountains. Mm. But yeah, from the uh, from the crest, you can see a very very long way. Yeah. So, out of curiosity, what um, the first time you hiked it, what did you do for shuttles? We had it was I think me and three other experienced AT through hikers. Okay. And um, one of their spouses shuttled us. Nice. So we picked option two for the uh, for the shuttle, and it was very much worth it. Oh, cool. Um, if I were going to do it again, again, I know people there, but for other people. You really should uh, just pony up the money, split yeah. it with your friends, and get the commercial shuttle because there's really no other viable options. Hmm. Okay. But and it's a little pricey. Is that? Yeah, uh, but on the other hand, these people are spending basically an entire day to shuttle you from one yeah, trail exactly. to the yeah, other. That's a good point. It's not gouging. It's just what it costs for people's time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, so. Like, what is the water situation? You're up high a lot. I'm imagining you're probably encountering water fairly frequently. That's right. So um, if you stick to the official route, and we can get into that in a minute, yeah, um, you're really not going to have any water problems the entire length. The, the Uintas themselves have a couple thousand lakes. All of, oh, wow. I wouldn't say all of which, but most of which are quite good fishing. You know, bring your little four-ounce Tenkara rod. Like, it's definitely worth it on a okay. trail like that. You know, great lakes and streams to fish. You should never need to carry that much water, and water will never be a concern. Hmm. In fact, in some of the lower areas, it can be a very marshy slog sometimes through. Hmm. Yeah, so let's get into the swampy. Uh, yes, the higher uh, the uh, the different route options. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. So, are there alternates? Is there one main red line? Like, what's the deal? There's one main designated route, and if you hike it from start to finish, you have a wonderful, enjoyable hike. Um, it's best for hikers who are either looking for something that is certainly not easy, but it's very achievable for your intermediate to advanced backpacker, someone who's prepared to spend a, a week out in the wilderness, cross high passes every day, that kind of thing. If you are someone who's looking for as much adventure as possible, you can do a lot of off-trail travel, particularly in, in the eastern part of the range. Okay. I, I won't give all the details, you know, if, you know, if you're if this appeals to you, you're, you'll have to figure this out on your own, looking at the map and things. But essentially, you can basically stay on the ridge for miles and miles and miles, and just have these hmm. huge views with these like alpine cirques, where there obviously used to be glaciers. Views into Wyoming, views south as far as you can see, as far as the horizon will go. Um, and you can really ride that ridge from the eastern trailhead about forty to fifty miles. Wow. To King's Peak, which is the highest peak in the state. But then there's no water up there. Uh, it depends exactly when you go. Okay. Um, there can be some water at some times of year, but yes, generally you'll have to budget your water carries a little bit more up there. And, you, and, and just to point out, you really should, if you're doing the Highline Trail, you really should go tag King's Peak. The highest peak in Utah is 13.5 and change. It's only oh, nice. 0.8 miles off the route. Oh, wow. Um, from the highest pass, Anderson Pass, it's about 800 feet and point eight. Kind of like San Luis Peak. Yeah, the one I didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went by it. I did. Yeah, I thought it looked We boring. did too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty flat-ish. 
But San Luis is not the highest point in Colorado. It's no. true. It's not. That's a good point. So. So did you tag Kings Peak? Yes. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. And what kind of a hike is that? Is it a any just like a basic scramble? Class two, really. Okay. okay. You know, uneven rocks and, and things like that. Uneven? Yes. Oh, God. Actually, the, the most treacherous part about that entire um, side trip to the peak, we all know what it is. It's Boy Scouts. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Every scout in Utah goes and uh, tags King's Peak pretty oh, much. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's also the only time on the route that you'll probably see other hikers until you're very close to, say, the western terminus. Okay. For the most part, you are going to be on your own, not seeing too many people, maybe one one or two a day, maybe a couple sheep herders up there. It is all designated wilderness, but they do allow sheep mm-hmm. grazing. Is there one direction over the other that makes better sense to, to go? You can really do it either way. Okay. Um, I think the preferred option for most people is to go from east to west. I think the scenery gets a little bit better that way. Um, mm. You're dealing with high terrain right off the bat either way, but going westbound kind of allows a little bit more dramatic progression of the hike. Okay. So you, I guess that's something to think about. You know, if you're coming from a low elevation you're going to be at altitude right at, like, day you're one. You're going to go over, tw- because, again, you really should tag Weedy Peak okay. uh, when you start the hike. But that's over 12,000. So immediately you climb to 12,000 feet. So, you know, I would take it a couple of days and stay in a high elevation place and acclimate if you're coming from Delaware. And you can take altitude adjustment, which you can buy on eBay, maybe, or maybe you can't anymore. I don't know anymore. where you can get it. Look it up, altitude online. adjustment. Let's say someone chooses the 80-mile option. About how long, how many days-ish? So that's an excellent question because, if you again, if you're kind of like big Mr. or Miss thru-hiker type, you, you say, oh, I can bang that out in four days. No, you can't. Hmm. Well, you can, but you might die of a lightning strike. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Uintas have experienced a very severe, because of their east-west orientation, a very huh. severe monsoonal pattern. Ooh, okay. Um, I have just about gotten struck by lightning at 1030 in the morning before. Whoa. Especially in the eastern part of the range. So you hmm. want to be hiking at first light, and you want to be down by noon. Um, when I did the UHT as a continuous hike, we basically did not hike after noon a single day because a passes wow. are about every 12 miles. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to camp right before a pass, go over it first thing in the morning, yeah. you know, be down by eight o'clock. And then you got, say, nine miles of, you know, cruisy forest walking or whatever to the next pass. And then you stop there and you camp at noon if necessary mm-hmm. yeah. to avoid having to go over. Sounds a pass nice, actually. Weather. Bring a book. Yeah. Well, except for the whole mosquitoes bit. Oh, well, if you're in your tent. Yeah. Yes. I'm wondering if, so obviously at those elevations, this is going to be a summer Slash maybe early fall hike. Yes, early fall is best, especially yeah. if you want to stay on the ridge. Okay. If you want to do the, the deluxe edition, as I call it, staying on the ridge, um, taking these different off-trail options, mm. early fall will be by far your best time to do it, yeah. right around Labor Day. Less mosquitoes, too. Right, exactly. Less lightning. Less swampy bits, although okay. uh, when you're up higher, that's not a concern. Hmm. But, I, I mean, I think we're making this trail sound like yeah, you know, I, I think we're trying to be hardcore, <laughs> very hardcore. <laughs> no, I, I think you know we're trying to paint, paint a realistic picture of this trail, but it is absolutely phenomenal. If you like big views, if you want yeah. super expansive alpine basins, beautiful lakes, gorgeous sunsets, um, views for forever, um, high peaks, you can tag the highest thing in Utah. 
You Not can beat bad. the highest thing in Utah. Um, well, except I'd, they don't have the weed there. Oh, yeah, we won't. They uh, barely have beer there. <laughs> no, that's not true. There's just some weird rules, right? That's true. And I'm just saying Evanston, Wyoming is only an hour and a half from Salt Lake City. Yeah. <laughs> so go go make a run across the border, get what, whatever you know adult beverages you may require, and then come back. But mm. maybe, maybe post-trail. Yeah, I might not recommend uh, beer at altitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so what about planning? Like, if someone's interested in, in doing a hike of the UHT, like, what resources do you recommend they check out? Yeah, so the uh, uh, th- there's not necessarily one kind of, like, central location for information on the UHT. Uh, our own Paul Magnanti a few hey years now, ago. The late P. Mags. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mags. Um, a few years ago, wrote a fairly informative post on his website. You can Google that, or we'll probably post the link. Yes. Um, uh, that has kind of a lot of different info and planning information on that. Other than that, maps for this trail are very easy. All you need is Trails Illustrated number 711. That covers the high Uinta wilderness. It's easy. It, got, it has everything. If you want to do the 100-mile option, shame on you. <laughs> but also, you'll need another Trails Illustrated. Oh, that's okay. Right. I can't. I can't afford the extra twelve ninety five. Yeah, inflation actually might be more now. Yeah, that's true. That could be a budget breaker. Mm-hmm. So basically, the TI maps. Is there any uh, websites or anything? Nope. Um, just PMAGs. <laughs> just PMAGs. That's okay. really all you need. Um, if you're an experienced through hiker, um, there's also a, a Utah specific forum that will answer a lot of specific and helpful questions for you if you have any. I recommend backcountrypost.com. All right. They've answered everything, every single question already about the UHT probably 10 times. So search that. (laughs) And if you can't find it, ask again. They're they're helpful and nice. Um, Of course. They're Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) They're all really nice. Have we, what have we failed to ask you? Is there anything else about the UHT you want to talk about before we move on? Is there any, you, you do that all as one go, right? There's not like a resupply. There's absolutely no possibility of resupply okay. this entire okay. hike. That's one of the really nice things about it is yeah, so remote yeah. that you're probably talking about 15 miles at least to get outside the wilderness boundary to mm. a dead-end Forest Service road where you right. may be able to hitch sometime in the next century. <laughs> I, w- I will say one uh, specific thing about seasons. Yeah. And that's um, you're basic, if you're looking to do it in – kind of like the high season with July, for example, um, which I might not recommend over late August for reasons we've already talked about. You're essentially waiting for one very specific pass to melt out. It's called Dead Horse Pass. Mm, okay. Um, and that generally w- melts the third week of July in a normal snow year. So in a high snow year, it wow. cannot be passable until August. And unfortunately, one gentleman found that out the hard way a few years ago. Oh, no kidding. Got off route and ended up falling to his death from some cliffs. Um, so it, it's, wow. it's, a serious, it's a serious undertaking. It shouldn't be taken for lightly. Sure. Yeah. But you're basically waiting for the north side of that pass to melt out. And as soon as that's melted, it's a go. Okay. And then I assume at those elevation, winter's going to show up pretty early. I mean, some years I bet they start getting snow in September. Definitely October, you yeah. know. So generally, you'll have a good snowstorm by the end of September, early October. Okay. So, you know. So it's a short window. Yeah, you're essentially talking in about a month and a half, maybe a little bit more, from mid July to mm. the early part of September. Okay. Right on. Excellent. Well, thanks for 
allowing the trail show to redeem itself on the UHT Trail of the Month. We appreciate it. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you need to add? I think that's it. I think everyone should go hike now, this trail. Do you have information about it on your blog? I will by time this episode airs. What's oh. your blog? It is pretty easy to remember that blogspot.com. <laughs> oh, look at that. So clever. We'll post a link, people. Yeah. It's mostly because I can't remember my own website. <laughs> and his password is QWERTY123. 1234. <laughs> Admin1234. Okay, excellent. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a conservation interview. We're going to have trips, uh, maybe a trail tip from Larry Boy. Who knows? Don't go anywhere. This is Garrett the Onion Christensen, and I never listen to The Trail Show because I think filling your cooler with the ice from a friend's house is a perfectly normal thing to do, especially if you brought them beer. Wow, that sounded a little angry. Well, the thing is, is that, first of all, he made the assumption that Dila was his friend. Oh, and boy. And he said it's a friend's house. This is going to get ugly fast. I'm just saying. There are no friends in love and war. That's how it goes, right? Right, exactly. Anyway. All right, so we just cracked open a few new cans of beer. Larry mm. Boy, what's in your hand? Yes, I have the, uh, from Surly Brewing Company, we have the Furious IPA. And in true Delo style, we can say that this undefinable crimson-hued <laughs> ale delivers aromas of citrus, pine, and caramel toffee. Aggressively hopped, beautifully balanced with a certain caramel malt backbone, Furious delivers a moment of pure beer, whoa, pure beer bliss that is a style all of its own. Say that Damn. three times fast. A style. No, he's no, no, a, no. <laughs> the, the pure beer bliss part. Pure beer bliss. <laughs> exactly. He's giving D'Lo a run for he his is. money. D'Lo, you better watch out, man. That's right. Job security, you know. That's right. Get on the trail. <laughs> All right, and, and there was a, what's the blue, the blue can? blue one. Here, yeah. let's, let's have our cameo read the blue can. Yeah. Pepper Flake, you mind just, uh, I don't know, just read something yeah. on the can. This is the Northwest Passage IPA, St. Paul's Flat Earth from St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, you got to consume, crush, recycle, and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> is it, uh, it, it's an it's IPA? A, it is an IPA. India Pale Ale. It's pretty tasty. Okay. Excellent. And these were from um, Eric and Lisa? Yes. Excellent. A couple of trail show Thank listeners you, Flake. that were in the area yesterday. So. We just found Pepper Flake on the porch and brought yeah. him in. We, we brought him in from the streets. Just like Delos trapping raccoons, we're trapping through hikers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've talked about the beer, we've, we're caught up, and now we have a special guest in studio. It's been a year and a half, Marcus. Since you've been it, to our house. That long? Yeah. Yeah. Since you've been to the house. No. Since um, you've been in our bedroom. So <laughs> if my notes are correct, it was January of 2017. <laughs> episode 56 is when we had you on to talk about the National Forest Foundation. Seems like yesterday. S I know. So a year and a half has passed, and we want you to catch us up. Like, uh, what have you been doing in the last year and a half? What's NFF been doing, man? Lay it on us. We've just been continuing to improve 
our national forests. Okay. In every way, shape, and form. Okay. So you're making uh, our forests great again? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I'm nonpartisan, so y- yes, I am. Oh, it was just a question. <laughs> so uh, what about in the western U.S.? Have you guys been working on any, any projects, like currently, recently accomplished? What, what's, what's the story? Well, yeah, um, we have we did a lot last year that I don't remember because that was a year ago. But <laughs> we have some great stuff coming up this year, and I assume <clears throat> when you say stuff because of yeah. the name of the show, yeah, that you're talking about trail stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want to know about the trails. What what have you guys been doing? Yeah. Well, I think a year and a half ago when I was here, we talked about our Find Your Fourteener campaign, That's which right. was a new effort we were kicking off in Colorado. Uh, to put sustainable routes to the top of 14ers in Colorado. And uh, we had a great first year with that. It was awesome. Um, okay. A lot of volunteers out. We had, I'm trying to remember the statistic, but it was the largest, largest gathering of volunteers on a 14er ever. Trail oh, show really? bump. That was the trail show yeah. bump right Wh- there. Which 14er? It was Mount Elbert. Oh, the tallest 14er in Colorado. State High Point. Yeah. One that's in need of some serious love. Yeah. Yeah. Totes. Yeah. So we had like a couple. Lots of poop up there. Lots of. Are we? We already get. (laughs) A year and a half ago, we talked about poop the whole time. Let's move on, Peter. We're actually renaming this thing the the poop poop show. (laughs) That probably is a podcast, but I. I (laughs) We're not going to look that one up. So what kind of work were they doing on Elbert? Yeah, they were uh, repairing or restoring a route, I think the, the southern route up Elbert, Okay, if, I, if I'm correct. But yeah, I got 200 volunteers out, um, put in a few hundred thousand dollars worth of work, and uh, we're continuing on it this year, too, um, some more effort. And I think, actually, we're going to wrap it up this year up on Mount Elbert. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it's been cool. It's been great seeing all the different Colorado stewardship groups come together and find their unique niche and really make stuff happen up on those uh, 14ers. So that's been okay. that's been one cool thing. Yeah. You know, another really trail-related effort is because of a partnership. And I'm going to make a shameless corporate plug here. Can I do that? Yeah, that go allowed? ahead, man. Go ahead. That's why we have you on. So REI... Recreation yeah. Equipment Incorporated. Incorporated. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have been in a partnership now with us for two years where they give us a million bucks a year. It's based on credit card transactions, REI credit card transactions. Yeah. So we get 10 cents every time someone uses an REI credit card. Oh, that's cool. Up to a million bucks. And we put it into trail projects, restra- or recreation projects, and okay. largely trail projects across the country. And so we have a bunch that we're doing this year. I brought a list. Oh, please. Yes, let me. Let was me. that the pink slip we saw yeah. earlier? Okay. It was. I thought maybe I was getting fired or Larry Boy was going to be evicted, but <clears throat> so what do you got? I'll give you a few of them that we're doing this year. Okay. We're doing uh, the Big Chief Trail on the Tahoe National Forest. Okay. You guys are familiar with the, the, the Rim Trail? Yeah, Tahoe Rim Trail. Yeah, so this is a connector for that. Okay. But a, a new connector into the Rim Trail. Um, we're doing a bunch on the Angeles, San Gabriel's Mountains National Monument. That place needs a lot of love. because Southern California. Yeah, yeah, SoCal. Uh, Mount Baker Snoqualmie. Yeah. Up oh. in Washington. Yeah, we're doing a, a project on the Heather Meadows Trail uh, hmm. to Artist Point. Okay. And on the Sawtooth in Idaho. In Idaho. Yeah, everybody mm. familiar with that yeah, one? Yeah, I, I was out there, there last year. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing some work on the Alden it, Gulch Trail there with that one. That one could use some help. Yeah. Uh, but you know I mean, it, boy. comparatively, the Sawtooth to the rest of Idaho, it was like 
Really nice. <laughs> no, most most of the sawtooths is a uh, playground for beginner backpackers. It's yeah, wonderful. It's really actually, nice. mm. yeah, it's a beautiful spot. You so got any more? Come on. I got some. You want some Eastern stuff? Yeah. Sure. Let's lay it let's on us. It. We yeah. like people from the East. So here's a cool one. Yeah. The Crawford Path up in New Hampshire in the White yes. Mountains. Say okay. it ain't so. Oh, that's amazing. It's this year. It's either this year or next year, 200-year anniversary for that path. Wow. Yeah, one of the, one of the first paths slash trails around. So we're, we're working on that one. Okay. Um, Seneca Rocks in West Virginia on the Monongahela. Oh, yeah. Anybody? Sure. Yeah. So that one, Spruce Knob Trail. Hmm. And then we're doing a bunch of hurricane recovery, Florida and Texas. Oh, um, yeah, Yeah, man. fixing up all the downed trees and, and other damage from those hurricanes. What about Puerto Rico? We're going to do something in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Good. There yeah. is a national forest in Puerto Rico. Yes. El, El Yunque. El Junque. Yeah. Yeah. The junkie as we call it. Oh, COD, how dare you? I've you know, some people Just claim that that's microphone. the first national forest in the country. And the I'm, f- I'm, I'm, not, I'm I said some people claim. I'm not sure how that actually comes about, but people That say sounds it. like some fake news. Yeah, I don't know. We might need to get our facts. It's fact a checkers. good forest. It's a great forest. <laughs> Marcus, we'll get our legal team on that and we'll get you an answer. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so all those projects supported by the REI partnership this year. So that's, that's killer. That's a lot of work from, from one company. So I feel obliged to plug them because yeah. it's awesome. It's great to see outdoor gear companies stepping up. Yeah, I like that. Does anybody know what this is the 50th anniversary of this year? The National, National Trail, Trail System. System. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, the National Trail Scenic Act. Yeah. The National Scenic Trail Act. Yeah, so to celebrate that, we are launching a national trail fund to support work on national trails across the national forest system. Mm. So there's, wait, this is why I have notes because I'm not good with numbers. Yes. There are 158,000 miles of trails on that, on the national forest system, national forests and grasslands. Wow. And they are used by 84 million people each year. Wow. Right. Jeez. So if everybody gives a buck, we That's can, a lot of bucks. It's a lot of bucks. About eighty-four million, if my math is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, think, I think that's it. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, to to honor the fiftieth anniversary, um, we are launching this campaign. We're trying to raise half a million dollars over the summer. We're calling it the Summer of Trails. Ooh. Summer of Trails, oh. and we're doing a crowdfunding campaign to raise five hundred thousand. And for every dollar we raise. Our U.S. Forest Service is matching it with okay. a dollar. Oh. Okay. So at the end, if everybody chips in, we'll have a million bucks that we're going to put on the on the trails across the national wow. forest system. Where can people find the crowdfunding campaign? I am glad you asked. Yes. The website is www.crowdrise.com backslash. Going this, yeah, backslash summer of trails. He's okay. Old. <laughs> we'll post a link to that. Um, well, you know what? There's five people in this room. The trail show will give you five dollars. That I, that might double our contributions to date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in. Count, put the trail show down for five. That's awesome. Thank Make you. it five twenty-five. My whole time is worth it now. Yeah, you've you've raised done five dollars. You've done your due diligence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that's fantastic though. So, um, what is the date you're trying to hit that dollar amount? Yeah, I'm not good with numbers, so the date is September. Okay, sometime in September. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we can, uh, we'll get Trail Show Nation on that, man. Yeah, you got a solid, what, two and a half months? Yeah. 
no, no problem. No problem. No problem. We'll make it happen. You guys yeah. have that many listeners? Uh, Two and a half. <laughs> yeah. We might be able to get you like thirty or forty dollars. We'll 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 shake the When you make the donation, people, make sure you put in the notes the trail show sent me. Yeah, please. Let NFF know the trail show sent you. Yep. Marcus, what were you gonna say? Oh well, I was just gonna I was gonna give a little motivation for your listeners. Okay, a little please. motivational talk. So if you give I will say that you're eligible to participate in our photo contest as well. Ooh. So it's a photo contest that, we, that we're running this summer. And the winner mm. gets two round-trip tickets on Southwest Airlines to any destination that Southwest What? Flies. They're going to be flying to Hawaii soon. Well, I, don't, I don't know about Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and you can take pictures on the volcanic lava flows. You can roast marshmallows <laughs> over the vents. I was thinking you'd get, get a little rowboat and just ride the wave, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Make sure it's aluminum, though. Otherwise, it what, what, what are you looking for in this photo contest? What yeah. are the parameters? I think it um, should be of a national forest okay. or national okay. forest scenery. So you're looking for scenery, not people. Well, no, throw people in it. People are part of our national yeah. forests. I okay. mean, they're why we have them, for the people. Yeah. yeah. The greatest good for all the people. Well, we'll post a link to the that's photo contest, exciting. too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's on our Facebook page, however you get okay. there. National Pepper Forest Flake, you should Foundation. get after that. You've been posting some good pictures. Y- you might get yourself a free round trip to Hawaii, apparently. <laughs> Is it a one? The winner gets one ticket or two? Because that's, that's kind of, you uh, know. I think it's two round okay. trip. I might have to say continental United States. I'm not uh, sure. Because we'll they fly to, to Mexico. We'll have to read the fine print. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah. it's good, whatever it is, whatever yeah. that prize is. It's, it's awesome. free plane tickets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To get you where you want to go. All right. Um, is there anything else about NFF you want to get out there that we haven't talked about this evening before we move on? There's so much. I mean, we're. Well, we're, let's, let's we're, tell we're, us. We're, yeah. we're here for you, man. We're here for you. <laughs> you tell us what's you know, up. We're a little. But mighty organization. Um, yeah. So just for those, I don't. We didn't give any background. You're assuming that everyone listened to me a year and a half. That's ago. That's a good point. Let's let's talk. Let's bring it back and talk about what NFF does. Who are you guys? So we are a nonprofit organization that's focused exclusively, almost exclusively, on national forests. So we have 193 million acres of national forests across the country. Yeah. And grasslands. And we um, do everything we can to improve those lands, to engage communities in the use and stewardship of those lands. But we're national forest focused. And because of the number of miles of trails on national forest, we're incredibly recreation focused and becoming mm-hmm. more and more so all the time. The recreation needs across the West, particularly and in the East as well, are exploding, right? I yeah. mean, you guys have all been out there and you've seen the the trails that are in a bit of disrepair now and then you've seen the the poop lining the trailheads you've seen we've seen the trash so um we realize that we have a giant task ahead of us and as more and more people are getting out which is awesome the task is getting bigger and bigger um and so we're really putting a lot of effort into trying to figure out how we can address that i mean obviously um people are going to keep coming and we want people to keep coming but we don't have the money the government doesn't have the money. We don't have the philanthropy to deal mm-hmm. with those issues. So we're exploring new innovative ways to, to get ahead of the curve and hopefully repair that. So I'll kind of leave that as a teaser that that's a big thing that we're trying to tackle is how the heck do we fund this um, yeah. with the increase in use and the, the breakdown of infrastructure that we're seeing. 
and then when I come back in a year and a half, I can tell you all the awesome success stories that we're having, finding new ways to get that done. I like it. <laughs> you know, for the states that have legal weed, they should use a percentage of that tax for for the you know for recreation. Well, in Colorado, it goes to um, new school construction. Right, and, uh, and that, I mean, as a teacher, that's great. Yeah. But um, I also think that there's some room in there for. I mean, recreation is a huge part of our our income for the well, state. What about the Colorado lottery? That so does fund the uh, several parks. outdoor projects. <laughs> it yes. funds a lot of state yes. park system work. It but funds the CDT, too. I saw it on a trail sign the other day. Marcus, does NFF see any of that Colorado lottery money? So the, the Colorado lottery money goes into what's called GOCO, yeah. Great Outdoors Colorado. Okay. Um, there are some limitations on GOCO money, money, including its expenditure on federal lands. But they're finding okay. nice ways to still use that to do projects that support work on federal lands. But there is a bit of a discussion around whether more of that money should be going to mm. federal lands, whether some of those restrictions should be lifted. So there's folks looking at it. Yeah. Regarding the weed, I feel obligated to say that weed's still illegal on federal lands, even in Colorado. True, yeah. but I, I don't care about the legality <laughs> of it. I'm just saying it's getting sold and making millions of dollars. So, you know, let's. She doesn't care up. about the rules, I don't care Marcus. About the rules. She just wants the money. You. It's cr- it's summer break. <laughs> School's out, man. I don't care about the rules. Can we get a Alice Cooper "School's Out"? School's out for summer. And oh. just so people know, uh, the National Forest Foundation is not part of the U.S. Forest Service. Correct. We are a private five hundred one c three nonprofit. Okay. But, but we're but we're congressionally chartered, meaning there's a law that put us into being from Congress. So set up by the government, but still a private nonprofit. Right. Okay. Well, I, let me see. I got if I've got my numbers correct. One hundred fifty-eight thousand miles of trails on the U.S. forest system that eighty-four million people use. That's what my notes said. Okay. Very good. So you guys have a lot of work to do. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to... So the website, by the way, is nationalforest.org. Yeah, forests. Yeah, with plural. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, we'll post a link to that, too. And, yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll get that, that trail show bump with the crowdfunding campaign. And we're You'll gonna, hit your goal I'm by looking, next week. I'm going to blow it up. It. I'm looking for it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Marcus Selig from National Forest Foundation. Marcus, thanks for coming back on the show. We'll see you in a year and a half. All right. <laughs> but, but actually, feel free to, to stay and hang out for yes, a bit. Yes, please you know. do. I don't want to run you off too quickly. No, don't. I will. You guys have beer, so I'll hang out. Okay, a bit. very good. All right, we should, POD, we should talk about trips. Okay, let's talk about trips. Well, maybe Larry Boy should start that. Larry Boy, you start talking about you, trips. You've been on a trip for a while. One might say that. Yeah. Um in the past month I have been on a little trail called the Continental Divide Trail. Um boom. Yep. Uh been on it for about a month and a half, two months now, whatever it is. Um started at the Mexican border and I'm about a thousand miles in. So uh the snow in Colorado has not really been that bad this year. Yeah. Remarkably yeah. remarkably low. Or you, that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <that's true. laughs> yeah, if you're looking at water resources for the summer, it's looking pretty grim. Uh, forest yeah. fires everywhere already. Yeah, but making slow and steady progress. It's it's been wonderful. And while the uh, while we were waiting for some Colorado snowpack to melt out, I went down into southeastern Utah and did a little trip in the once and hopefully future Bears Ears National Monument area on Cedar Mesa. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I walked down a, a very unique canyon about a thousand feet deep where the San Juan River runs through. 
with stupendous views and spent about three days down there looking at Indian ruins and all sorts of interesting things. So Was mm. that Butler Wash or which canyon did you go down? It was down Slickhorn. Slickhorn. Yeah, yes. one of the lesser known canyons on there. So, yes, that does mean that while I was on my backpacking trip, I took a break from backpacking to go backpacking. As you do. Sometimes <laughs> that's, you know, you, you need, need a, a break. break from the vacation. That's right. Right? It's a vacation, too, right? You're out there on the CDT. It's easy. You know, you're not really putting a lot of effort. Isn't that what all your family and friends think? You know, you're on vacation. It's sunsets every night. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Butterflies, Day, rainbows. Fishing. Dancing on top of mountains. Right. Eating ice cream by the carton. Well, that's part part is true, but only in town. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pod. What about you? Well, I've been doing a lot of trail maintenance. Um, yeah. Done four days on so Disco and I ma- Disco and I maintain two sections of the Colorado Trail. One of which is contiguous with the Continental Divide Trail, which Larry Boy is going to be on tomorrow. Thank you. And yeah. and that section alone, it wasn't maintained for a couple of years, I think. And we have spent four days on it. We've cleared. 52 trees from just that like six and a half miles and then we spend an entire day cutting back willows which is a thankless terrible it's a backbreaker trail work day that is a backbreaker it's not very pleasant i'll just i'll I'll be honest cutting trees is fun but yeah clipping back willows is the pits but and tomorrow we're going to go back and there's some drainage issues we're going to take care of and some more willows and then we're going to be done with that section and it's going to be great just in time for larry boy to walk through and we're going to have cold beer and sodas up there so you're going to be in luck probably the best 10 miles of the trail so far (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i've been doing lots of trail work oh and i did we did go on a hike in the sangres and i almost ran into a bear like uh, really almost ran into a bear we're going up and we were in some um, aspens, and then there was an opening with like a braided little creek, and it's you know it's loud, it's on the rocks, and I was looking down and in my zone, and all of a sudden Disco says beauty, and as I turn my body to look behind me, I pan across, and there's a black bear like six feet away from me, and she's not exaggerating; it was actually that close. I could have touched him with my pole, yeah, and I was just like, whoa, it was a little disconcerting. So I was like, you know, slow. I mean, yeah. honestly, my first instinct was to pull my phone out and take a picture, but I was like, no, no you're going to take a selfie with gotta, it, right? Got to back up a little yeah. bit first. Yeah, uh, I was so. like, <laughs> yeah, and, the, and it didn't see us the whole time. Well, he kind of had his butt facing me a little bit, and yeah. he didn't hear me because of the, the water. And it's good that you said something because I totally would have just kept going, and then he yeah. would have seen me, and that may have startled him yeah. because I was so close, and then it could have been ugly. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, we backed up, and then we and just then let, we yelled at it. Well, we let him dig around for a little bit, whatever yeah. he was doing, and then we we were finally like, "Hey!" And he turned, and then was like, "Oh shit!" and took off running. Yeah. So that but was it, pretty cool. I haven't seen a bear in Colorado in a long time. Yeah, and it was I think it was like a yearling. Yeah, it wasn't a it cub, wasn't, but it wasn't an adult. It was yeah. kind of scrawny. He was hmm. he was cute. Yeah. He was real cute. He was black, though. It was he like, was so black. It was beautiful. And, you know, I really did want to, like, like Grizzly Man, just like, just, just for a second. Just remember to look up as I you're know. hiking and periodically. And this is not like, the first <laughs> time this has happened. When we were in Yellowstone, oh, I yeah. w- almost ran into a buffalo. <laughs> that was sitting four feet off the side of the trail, just like, like chewing its the, cud. You yeah. Know? And I was like, we're going to the store. The store's down, down the trail, five more miles. And I was just totally not paying attention. And this goes like, P.O.D. And I turned, I was like, oh, my God. There was a buffalo, like, three <laughs> feet away from me, just like, 
staring at me with the big horns, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. We're actually going to do a new show. P.O.D. runs into Megafauna. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> it's so true. Uh, I do just, like, zone out sometimes and yeah. not pay attention. But now available for a buck ninety nine on CD Baby. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's a hell of a deal. That is. I, so we were racking our brains. The last time I've seen a bear on trail in Colorado was 11 years ago down in the South San Juans. And that's because our dog treed a the bear. Late, the late Gimpy. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, he treed the bear that we saw, uh-huh. which was also a little disconcerting. Cause he, was he was so proud of He himself. was very proud, but we were like... Ugh. I was horrified. I thought I was about to watch him get just totally like stripped Mangled. from the bone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. A black bear. Anyway, what about you? Okay. So as Beauty mentioned, we've been doing a bunch of trail work. Um, uh, folks probably know that we went down to we're going down to new mexico to hike the northern new mexico loop and you know it's funny even before we left salida i i just had this feeling that the trip wasn't gonna happen Hmm. like i had this premonition if you will will you marcus i will okay very good (laughs) um and anyway i don't know why i just anyway so i've been having like the most horrendous seasonal allergies of my life uh over the last three months this is true and i've seen it it's been a battle, but we, it's also been very dry. Our friend in Albuquerque told us they have only gotten three quarters of an inch of rain since October. It's June. And all of it's fallen on me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Hey, hold that thought, Larry boy. So anyway, it's very dry in northern New Mexico right now. Bas- basically, Albuquerque, well, the whole state, but northern New Mexico. We delayed our start. I was having a lot of allergy issues, and then... The U.S. Forest Service closed all 1.6 million acres of Santa Fe National Forest, of which a lot of our hike was to take place in. So we just kind of threw up our hands, um, drove to Ghost Ranch, picked up our box that we had mailed there, and we came back to Colorado and immediately switched gears and have just been like... Yeah, we got back at like 8.30 at night, and the next day we were like out on our section doing trail work. We we cut... It was great. 29 trees the next day. It was great. Uh, down trees off the trail. Felt so, really good. Anyway, yeah, and we've got more to do. So it's it's been, you know, it's kind of a bummer. New Mexico trip didn't happen, but the trail will always be there. You know, yep. we'll get a shot next year. And in the meantime, we're getting some good stuff done. So, Marcus, what about you? You've been on any trips the last month? Yeah, not hiking trips, okay. mainly river trips. Okay, next. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was right next to you, though, when you were at Ghost Ranch. I was taking out from the Chama River. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Could have picked you up and, and brought you home. Well, we had yeah. our Jeep. Yeah. Well, then you didn't need me. <laughs> <laughs> How long was your river trip? It was uh, just three days on the Chama. Okay. But, yeah. And, yeah, river trip season. So, Chama, Rio Grande, Green, Gates of the Door. Have All you... River trips. Do you have more planned? or? Yeah, yeah Gates of the Door is in two weeks. Where is that? It's in northwestern Colorado, um, Dinosaur National Monument. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about the Uintas. Yeah, exactly. Is, so it's where, yeah. where the green enters into the Uintas. Okay. Yeah. So how, that, how long will that take? It's going to be about a week. Oh. Five, six days, something like that. Okay. And then uh, some more on the green later this summer, Desolation in Grays yeah. Canyon. You're an animal. Damn. Yeah. You're getting, You're getting after, after it. it. Yeah. River, river summer. You oh. had some luck with permits this year. I had friends who have luck with permits. Ah. Yeah. I had 
I actually didn't apply. Don't tell any of my friends that, but I forgot <laughs> to apply. Uh, nobody will hear Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> permits didn't go through. What about you guys? Hey, Pepperflake, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, you want to hop on and talk about any, I don't know, the Sangres or anything you've done recently? Yeah, well, I was going to hike the northern New Mexico loop, too. And I did about half of it and then saw that fire across the way and I couldn't finish. Yeah. So I was just looking across the valley and there's the northern end of the Sangre de Cristos in Colorado. So I figured I'd go up there. Okay. Up there. I just like, you know, saw that uh, Swami had done it. Yeah, that's right. Just a years what? earlier. A couple years ago. Yeah. And if Swami can do it, I can do it. Too. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you pop on to the Sangres? Where'd you um, come in? At the very... Like, right off of 150 at the trailhead for Blanca Peak. Okay. Which is, like, a four-wheel drive. I guess it's apparently a pretty sick four-wheel drive road all the way up there. Yeah. You need, like, a rock crawler kind of four-wheel drive. Yeah, there was a rock crawler all the way up at the top, like, right below the saddle. Wow. It was crazy. I don't know how they made it up there, but it must have been quite an adventure. So how long has it taken you to get from, to get to, like, do the Sangres? I started on Saturday afternoon. Okay. I think it's, like, six and a half days. Wow. Yeah. And you slept on a 14er the other night? Is that what we heard? Yeah, like every night I was sleeping above 13,000 feet. Because oh. like almost the whole route is above that. And yeah. So it would just be like getting dark and I'd just be stuck oh up there. God. How technical so. was it? Were you looking at class three, class four, or what? Um, I don't think there was any class four, but definitely a lot of class three. Like some pretty exposed scrambling on some of those ridges mm. going up and down. A lot of down climbing, it seems like. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, but so. it was beautiful. It was amazing. And you only had bad weather like one day ish. Yeah, there was one day, the the my second day. Yeah, and it was pretty clear in the morning. Like I was able to get off of the fourteener, and like down to some a little bit lower. And then it just like I I watched it come in, and then all of a sudden it just hit, and it was super windy, really cold, just like blowing ice particles everywhere. Oh my gosh! So I bailed off the east side, <laughs> and then just like kind of took you know um, traversed along the side, which was pretty steep. Pretty snowy, a lot of slipping and sliding around. Yeah. But I made it down to Great Sand Dunes National Monument that night. Oh, wow. Slept in the campground. And oh, then cool. the rest of the trip was just amazing. It was like perfect weather. Couldn't have been any better. And you just got to Salida today? Yeah, just like a couple hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> just rolled in? Yeah. <laughs> any other plans for the rest of the summer? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go to California for like a week, and then I'm going to fly into Jackson, and I'm going to do the, uh, I mapped the uh, Greater Yellowstone High Route. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. which is, I'm going to do the Wind River High Route, and then it's, the rest of it's just a big loop that goes around Greater Yellowstone through, like, over the crest of all those mountain ranges, like the Washakie and the Absaroka Beartooth. Yeah. To, like, the Gallatin, and, like, down the Lee Metcalf, across the, um, the plain there, and then, like, up through the Tetons, through the Gross Venter, and then... Hmm. Connect it to make a loop. How like long is that route? Loop. It's a little over a thousand miles. Yeah, yeah, a little over a thousand miles. Yeah, a lot of off-trail stuff, so it might be pretty slow. We'd love to. We'd love to have you back on after that's over if you want to talk about it. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> That'd be sure. awesome. Yeah, I saw um you sort of mapped the route on Instagram post or something in that Greater Yellowstone area. I don't know if it's the same hike or a different hike, but it looked pretty interesting. You no, know, I think that's the one. Okay. Yeah, I just mapped it on Caltopo. All right, well, uh, that is trips for the month. I tell you what, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we've got a trail tip from Larry Boy. We've got an audio clip from Wolverine down in Mexico. And we've got mailbags, so don't go anywhere.
This is Craig. Pisco used to be Skygazer Gully. And while it's okay to change your trail name, it's never okay to listen to the trail show. <gasps> How dare you? Pisco, come on, man. What are you talking about? Muy mal. All right, Larry Boy, are you ready? I sure am. <laughs> All right, we've got a trail tip from Larry Boy. <laughs> yeah, so continuing on the theme of, well, poop. Um, so last month we talked about, or rather not we, but Special <laughs> talked about... The royal we. <laughs> the royal we, you. <laughs> talked about, uh, shall we say, the emergency dump. Oh, yeah. And Special relayed the fact that, yes, it is perfectly okay to do your duty and then dig the hole afterwards. Yeah, happens. And... I mean, if you're anything like me, that's about a significant fraction of my trail dumps. <laughs> let's, okay. just, let's put it this way. They, uh, they sound the emergency evacuation order, and about three seconds later, the lava flow comes. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Wow, Larry Boy. I wasn't expecting that, but continue. But what about the sulfuric acid gas? <laughs> when does that happen? Is that before or after the vents open? <laughs> <laughs> the bog, the pog, the right. poop fog. Come on, Larry boy, pull it together, man. Come on, don't deal out on us. Yeah, don't don't go I for have rails. One eye, one eye closed, folks. Anyway, so there's a better solution than simply waiting for the inevi- inevitable emergency and then responding to it. You can actually be proactive, and what you can do is this: so you roll into camp about six, seven, eight o'clock, whatever it is, in the evening. You set your backpack down, and immediately you take your ice axe, because this is all you use it for, and you go dig your hole in a nice location in soft soil with plenty of warm, yummy microbes, Mm -hmm. and you let the hole be overnight. Good three or four Mm. feet from the tent. (laughs) At least. (laughs) 204 feet, yes. Next morning, you wake up, and you're eating your Pop-Tarts or whatever else you eat for breakfast. Garbage. And in the typical, you know, emergency comes upon you. So you calmly stand up and you stroll. Well, you don't stroll. You waddle over to your little hole and you do your business. You don't have to think about where to dig. You don't have to think about, oh, is there a root in the way? Is this sandy soil? Is this going to decompose? You are all set. You are prepared. And you take your dump in peace. Five stars. You pre-dig the hole. That's right. Who would have ever oh, thought God, of that? Sorry. I, I've, I've done that a few times. Yeah? Yeah, I have. The only you know time, but, but, it, but it's so disappointing when you do it. I've done it. There's been at least once where I did it, and then I didn't have to go in the morning. I'm like, what? It's so frustrating. That never happens to me. Yeah. I've, I've done that in mosquito country. There's actually some good strategy behind yeah, and pre-digging the hole the and, paper. Then, and then running away from the hole and letting the mosquitoes congregate. And then... Running back to the hole. But you can't be at like DEFCON 4 <laughs> to be doing those kind of shenanigans. No. you no, got to no, no, have no, no, some no. time. Yeah. So um, you've just been spent like uh, five days above tree line. Well, what have you been wait, doing? Wait, wait, wait. Hold <laughs> up, Beauty. <laughs> oh. Okay. Pepper Flake? Yeah, what's the above well, tree line? Well, what do you do above tree line? What have you, what have you been doing? There's just funny. flinging it at people yeah. down below? <laughs> what people? Yeah, sure, there's, no, the there's no people in the song grades. <laughs> No, there's plenty of soft tundra up there. It's really oh, that's nice true. digging holes. That's true. There is some tundra up there. Yeah. And nice I, view, too. I really wanted you, know, you to say that you flung it at people, though. 
<laughs> I flung some snowballs. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, nice. Was, was there a fair amount of snow up there? No, just little patches. Okay. But I definitely took my <laughs> right there near the snow patches. Mm-hmm. Because the ground's soft, because ah. it's just been melting, and so yeah. it's like weeding in the garden is so much easier after you've watered. I think that's a trail tip. Yeah, <laughs> trail tip. <laughs> Topper Flake, what's your trail tip? Uh, I think you just told us. I know, you got to restate. <laughs> oh, you snowballs to wipe your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. I hate that. It is you have, cold. You have to yeah. shape them, nice. right? No, I got a trail tip oh, yeah, for yeah. you, an actual trail tip. Okay. There is right, one... Wait, wait. <laughs> There is one thing that is better than quadruple ply charm, and I'll tell you what it is. What is it? It's like wiping with a cloud. It's amazing. <laughs> what is it? It is soft, thick, green moss. <sighs> Get some of that, you double it no. over, and oh my goodness. Moss. You know, I'm so afraid of using natural materials because I feel like I'm going to get a grain of sand in, like, in my actual butt. <laughs> Sorry. And then it's just going to, I'm going to have this chafing nightmare. Eh, I'm so afraid of getting dirt in my, the actual, you know, I don't know. So anyway. Snow is so good. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I have used snow before and it's like, (laughs) no, snow is just too cold. Don't use snow. Be civilized. (laughs) Yeah, be civilized and use moss. That's right. Like our ancestors have for thousands of years. (laughs) They've probably been using snow too. Okay, we should move on. A final audio clip from Wolverine. He's been out on the Baja Divide Trail for the last three and a half months, and I think he finished. Let's listen in. What up, Trail Show Nation? This is Wolverine coming to you from the very southern tip of the Baja California Peninsula in Mexico, having just finished the mighty Baja Divide Trail, and I can't believe I made it! Uh, sorry, I'm a little excited. Arriba, 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 tata. I just, I would describe this whole experience uh, as difficult but rewarding, uh, not necessarily fun. <laughs> I think uh, Andrew Skirka would probably describe it as type two fun. Not really fun while you're doing it, but probably fun to, to look back on. Um, not that there weren't you know amazing highlights along the way. I saw tons of cool stuff and I met loads of really interesting people, uh, but there were a lot of challenges. Uh, you know I've uh, talked about the water situation a lot already. Um, you know the unrelenting heat and blazing sun I guess that's obvious um, but there were other things you know one is the uh, the language barrier I struggle with that I you know I speak a little bit of Spanish enough to get what I need or get directions but not conversational Spanish and that held me up on at least a few occasions um, another hurdle was that there is really no mail service to speak of here on the Baja no post office, no mail delivery. So that means no resupply boxes, uh, no bounce boxes, no uh, clicking over to moosejaw.com and buying a piece of gear and having it FedEx to the next little town. It's just not going to happen down here. So it takes a lot of planning. I, I, I had one resupply box that back in December I had to mail to Utah, and then a friend of a friend drove it down here and left it at our mutual friend's house. Oh, my house. God. And that turned out to be clutch because uh, it was new clothes and new shoes, those sorts of things. So, yeah, so no mail service, no no garbage service, really. So uh, I struggled with my leave-no-trace philosophy because, you know, here I am hiking along with my gallon-sized Ziploc baggie stuff full of empty wrappers and wet ones, and I'm walking Ew. through just huge dumps. You know, every town here, big or small, they basically just take their trash a mile or two outside of town, and they dump it. 
you can always tell where because there's a thousand vultures circling above. And uh, it was difficult. You know, I had to resist that herd mentality of, you know, everyone else is dumping it here and stick to my guns and dispose of my trash responsibly. And even then, you know, I would get to a town and put it in a trash can. And I know someone's going to take that trash can and drive it right back outside of town and dump it at the dump. So uh, that was kind of tough. But um, overall, a really amazing experience. Um, I think back to when I was talking to you guys in December about the Israel National Trail, and Disco asked me if I would ever do that trail again. And I instantly said, yes, I would love to. That'd be great. I think if he asked me that question about this trail, I would say no. <laughs> Thanks, but no. Three and a half months of pushing a cart through the desert. Only really need to do that once. So glad for the experience, um, but uh, glad to be done too. Uh, a couple of quick shout outs, uh, if you'll indulge me. We will. One is to Nicholas Carmen. Uh, this is his trail. He's the guy who uh, mapped out this whole trail. Uh, he rode it on a mountain bike in 2016 and uh, mapped it all out. I just He was really helpful and his trail notes I thought were, were accurate and, uh, and very thorough. Um, his face, his uh, website is BajaDivide.com and that's where I first learned about this trail and got most of the information from there. Uh, Likewise, the uh, Baja Divide Facebook group, uh, the folks on there were really nice. I used that kind of as a forum. Got lots of information, uh, lots of encouragement from those folks, and I really appreciate it. Another name that came up early and often as I was researching this trail was an Englishman named Graham McIntosh. And that guy is a hiking legend down here on the Baja. Uh, back in the 80s, he hiked the entire perimeter of the peninsula um, and wrote a fantastic book about it called Into a Desert Place. Um, you know, he's done tons of hiking down here, and uh, lots of people know him. And he's another one. I was able to reach out to him, and he had uh, some good information for me and, and lots of encouragement. So, uh, so I appreciate his help. Um, and to my friends at the trail show, to POD and Disco and Delo and the late PMAGs, uh, you Woo! guys are awesome. I, uh, I appreciate you following along with the hike. And I just, I think you put out a quality product. I look forward to downloading every month. And, uh, you know, I had to use my cell phone battery kind of sparingly on this hike. So I would download the podcast and then just listen to little bits here and there, indulge myself a little bit. Uh, but then when I knew I was within a day or two of a town, then I would splurge and listen to the whole thing. And I always enjoy it. So thanks very much. Um, if anyone out there has questions or comments about the trail, you can find me on Facebook or contact me through the blog. Uh, I'd love to talk about it. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to fly back home to Detroit to my horrible retail job and uh, <laughs> get back to work and saving for my next adventure. Wolverine out. Gracias, Wolverine. Congrats. Felicidades. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I talked to Wolverine, and we're going to have him on a future show yeah. to actually kind of dig into the hike a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and Find out what it is like to push a cart across the desert for three and a half months. I bet he's yeah. real pissed when, when Dilo really goes off the rails and he's got to use his battery to get through all that stuff. You know? <laughs> it's like, like, damn it! He's just hitting fast forward. Uh -huh. All right, let's see. iTunes top five. Oh. You know what? I don't want to do iTunes Oh, this month. but it's yeah. The Onion's favorite segment. I know. I know. In honor <laughs> of The Onion, okay. we're going we're gonna to table it till next month. I tell you what, Beauty, let's do mailbag. Okay, let's do ma mailbag. Okay, let's do it. We get some letters. Yes, we got two. <clears throat> Number one, hey, Trail Show. Listening to the last episode reminded me that Special 41 gave his 14ers through hike presentation at the steam plant. 
right here in beautiful downtown Salida a couple of years ago. Yeah. Would love to see this presentation again. That was Gummy from the Facebook. Gummy Bear. Oh, cool. Gummy Bear. Uh, also, let's see. This is from Ryan. Hey, Trail Show. I wanted to say thank you. You guys getting drunk around a mic and talking about trails has inspired me to get on the trail. The trail show and your guests gave me the confidence and resources to manifest my hiking dreams and others. And now I'm starting the Colorado Trail in July. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. I suppose it isn't all good, though, because it's podcasts like yours, the Dirtbag Diaries, the Routes podcast, which Pepper Flake has been on. Yes. Joe Rogan. Have you been on Joe Rogan? No, okay. <laughs> Etc. That made me quit my job and become a ski bomb slash hiker trash. Keep up the nonsense. Don't let D-Lo leave the tra- trail show, Ryan. The what trail show? The, tra- the trail show. What'd you just say? I don't know. What did I say? I got to bleep something. I don't did know I what you guys wrong? heard. No. I think don't we- let D-Lo leave the trail show. Okay. Just say it one more time. Don't let D-Lo leave the trail show. Okay. Very good. Ryan. From the emails. That's it. That's all for mailbag. My other mailbag is part of the tenth steak review, so I'm going to save okay, that one. We'll table it. Table Do we that. have any beer and bandwidth people we want to... Oh, tons of shout-outs. Shout-out, too. Let's see here. We got... Uh, Larry Boy, feel free to chime in. You yeah, might, feel you free. Might, you know all these. You know all these. We got Bernard Wolf. Gooby! We got Russ, not Fuss Kinder. Kinda. Kinda. Craig Pisco Gully. What, what a guy. guy. Chris Smith. Gringo Madness! We got the... The Bobby Walters! Joshua Bow Down to Ja Bowden. Ja. Ja Bless. Uh, Diane Pinkersh. Pinkerstein. David Vitti. Hey! Uh, <laughs> Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. The Baptist. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Vermont. Samuel Emery. The Board. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Rudy! Rudy. Jeffrey, not Sessions, called well. Not, not Sessions. sessions. Buddy ses- Sessoms, not Sessions. Oh, Still man. not Sessions. No. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Back on the trail! <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Man, I, just, <laughs> oh, I just lost part of the oh, eardrum, man. Larry Boy. Steven the Hustler Russell. Dun, 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 Do the hustle. No? Nobody? Oh, Nobody else is stuck in the 70s with me? Okay. Okay. Uh, Ammon the Brute Bruce. The Brute. The Brute. <laughs> Trevor, smoke it if you got it. Bold, Bold man. man. Spark it up. Renee, Shira, Patrick. Shira. Wesley, the haggis addict, Greenwood. I really want to know the story. <laughs> I know. That that's yeah, really. I'm not sure about that. Kevin guy. Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codette. They go together. Shout out. NC, not SC, Whitaker. Whitaker. Uh, and uh, this was new last month. I haven't updated the sheet. Let's see. Tebow Williams. Not to be confused with Tim, Tim Tebow. Tebow. Former Williams. Denver Broncos quarterback, Tim Tebow. That's right. And let's see, Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens. <laughs> That's his trail name. I know. Okay. And then we got our one-offs. We've got, okay, so this guy, Dan Thompson, sent in donation, and he put as his name, Dan Not Sessions Thompson. Another I Not Sessions. I did not Sessions. put that in there. He it's put, a critical clarification. It is. You would get that confused <clears throat> otherwise. Kurt Leocri Newton. Is that like Alice at Restaurant Massacre? Is that what we're going for there? I don't know. I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. Arnold I heard Guthrie? the words, but I don't know what they mean. Man, P.O.D. Sorry. This is from your era. 
<laughs> the <Whoa>. 1800s? <laughs> <laughs> the Ben Franklin days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Twinkle's going to love that. Ryan the Double Decker. <laughs> is that... Is there an inappropriate no. joke? Okay, it's fine. Okay. Double decker. Because there is something called an upper decker, but that's not <laughs> what we're referring to. That's not allowed, by the way, in our bathroom. Yeah, we yes. don't. By the way. No, no upper deckers. Okay, who else, Beauty? Uh, Hannah, not Dykstra. Hannah. Are you making a reference to the former New York Mets player, Lenny Dykstra? No, I have okay, no who that is. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Okay, very good. And then we've got our beer sponsors. We've got the Curtis Ware, who, by the way, in addition to the, the Crowler that we have here and the Trail Show Trail Days newspaper, were you going to throw it? <laughs> I want a picture of you with this can too in the bathtub. That's going to be good. Uh, and <clears throat> he also sent us some coffee. Oh yeah, let me grab it real quick. It's right behind you, I believe. And I think it came all the way from Ethiopia to Trail Show Studios. Via Curtis Ware. Well, we've got an African-themed night. We've got a, an African beer we're going to drink here. In a hot <clears throat> so this is from Chase Coffee Company. It is a single origin blend, which I'm going to have some tomorrow morning. I'm so excited about it. Uh, this is from yeah Chase Coffee Company in Carl Junction, Missouri. And they are at shop at chasecoffeecompany.com. It's a local and family-owned little coffee joint that roasts their own beans. Oh, cool. So, Curtis, where I'm going to get into this tomorrow morning. Pretty excited. I might have to try Anybody a little wanna myself. Want to smell it? It smells good. smell it from here. It's wonderful. But you can't have any because it's like the crack for you, right? Like you can't. <laughs> it's like the H. You can't just do one. Sure. Anybody <laughs> else, P.O.D.? I think that's all the donors and sponsors and whatnots. Okay. That we have for cool. today. We got to take one more break. When we come back, the rest of the show. I've got a book to review, and we're going to Skype in uh, Mike DiLorenzo for Ask a Hiker. And I have a tent steak review. All right, don't go anywhere. Trail Show will be back. The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. The Trail Show is back, and we just cracked a beer from Niger. Yep. Larry Boy, what do you have in your hand? It is simply called The Black Beer Niger. And what, what do, do we think? all think of it? I, I, think, kinda, I, I think it tastes a little bit like pennies. It's a little metallic. It's a little metallic. It doesn't really taste like a dark beer, no, per yeah, se. It's not a super a dark, dark roast. And, and yeah. it's like 8%. It doesn't taste like an 8% beer. Which makes it very, very dangerous. Yes. But it's cool. So this is like the everyday beer that they have in Niger. And, um, you know, our friends Eric and Lisa brought the, brought us a selection of beers from Minnesota, as well as this one from Niger, as you do, you know, mix yeah. them up. Minnesota and Niger beers, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of fun to be able to try the super local, super... Popular beer in from Niger. Do you think we can get a Cuban beer someday? Is that possible, uh, or is that asking too much? Well, or a Lesotho beer. Oh, maybe yeah, impossible. 
the Cuban beer is going to taste like Sol or Carta Blanca or Estrellita, any of those. It's going to taste the same. We got a book in the Trail Show mailbag this month. It's called Look Big and Other Tips for Surviving Animal Encounters of All Kinds by Rachel Levin. Uh, it's out of 10 Speed Press. I got to say, this is one of the coolest books I've come across in a long time. Part of that is because of the illustrations, which were done by Jeff Ostberg. And I want to give Jeff a shout out. It's kind of got like an old <clears throat> postcard looking feel to it. It does. Um, the pictures are really cool. And it's kind of neat for the raccoons. It shows some raccoons like tapping on a, someone's window. I, I think that that's Dilo's house. It could be. But he, uh, so Rachel features 50 different animals that you might encounter here in the United States. Um, you know, you've got your usual suspects. You've got uh, porcupines, mountain lions, bears, rattlesnakes, you know. But you've also got elephant seals. You've got crows. What? You've got sea urchins. Ooh. You've got ticks. Ooh, God. And you've got Gross. woodpeckers. So there's like, it's every animal and alligators, you know. Wait, how exactly are you in danger from a woodpecker? Hey man, you, you got you're gonna have to read the book you got to wood? figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep it family friendly, Pod. Come on. Anyway, this is a really cool book. Um, I'm actually I've made it all the way up to squirrels, so I've only got a few a few items left. Uh, so squirrels are in the, they're saving squirrels for for the end. No, they, it's in alphabetical order. Oh, okay. All right, so I'm gonna take a quick poll in the room, Pod. You can't answer because okay. you already know the answer. Think about animals here in the United States. What is the most deadly animal to humans in the United States? This is in the back of the book, so I know the Meaning answer. Meaning kills the most mm, people per year. Yep. Now are we talking We're talking intentional killing of anything? We're talking anything and everything under the board. You say moose? moose. Okay. What do you say, Larry Boy? I'd say the white-tailed deer. Larry Boy? For the win. Oh, wow. you're going to get yourself a trail show sticker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I get a pet white-tailed deer, too? It, sure, there's probably some in our yard right now. And get this, moose didn't even make the list. Wow. <gasps> yeah, so the most deadly animal to humans in the U.S. is deer. They kill an average of 200 people a year. Oh, my God. And then the Car second, X. number two, mm. is bees, wasps, and hornets, which kills 60 people a year. Dogs at 20. But it didn't kill Delo. damn it. Get this. So close. Cows kill 20 people a year. Horses, 20. Snakes, 5. Bears, 1. Sharks, 1. Alligators, fewer than 1. Mountain lions, fewer than 1. Coyotes, fewer than 1. And black widows, fewer than 1. Who gets killed by a coyote? I, yeah, that's Apparently crazy. someone has. Fewer than one people. Fewer than one. <laughs> Every couple of years. But anyway, this is a really neat book. If you've ever been curious about, I mean, dust mites. Aren't you, don't Ew. you want to know? No, I don't want to know dust How to mites. defend Gross. yourself against dust mites. Wash I your mean, sheets. And they've got sharks in here. So it covers like every animal. You should pass that book around so we can yeah, peruse. Yeah. Here, I'll pass it to you, Larry Boy. Especially once we dial up D-Lo and he's rambling. So anyway, the book's called Look Big. It's by Rachel Levin. I just checked Amazon. You can get the paperback or the ebook for under 10 bucks a piece right now. And you could probably get it at your favorite bookstore. Check it out. Check it out. All right, Beauty. We're going to switch things up. It's going to make D-Lo crazy, but he's not here, so he won't know. We're actually going to do our gear review before we do Ask a <gasps> Hiker. 
Whoa. Well, let me turn that down. That's just way too loud. You guys ready to rock out? Here comes the bass. <laughs> All right, Beauty. <laughs> I thought we might be moving to Guylines this month, but apparently we've got we more We were going to move to Guylines. What happened? Um, and Toggles. That's a very important area of gear to review. But instead, I got a 10-stake review from a listener okay. via the interweb. It says, hi, P.O.D. Longtime listener, first-time gear review suggester. I like packs with two aluminum stays as an internal frame. I just realized they'd make great tent stakes. Take care, Doug. So, oh, so okay. Put, you got to pull your stays out. Yeah. Bend them. Use them as tent stakes. No, you don't have to bend them. You just have to get the angle right so that the the, uh, the line doesn't the slip up. The P-cord can't yeah, slip up. I don't know. This is... What, what if you remember? Are a- remember that these are all things that you would use if you had to make do. Okay. It's not like I'm not going to carry 10 stakes. I'm just going to use the aluminum stays in my pack. What if you have a frameless rucksack? Well, then, then it doesn't work. No, okay. no, no. It's easy. Then all you do is you take the frameless rucksack, you fill it with rocks, <laughs> use that as an anchor. <laughs> yeah. All true. right. There it is. True. That's true. But anyway, I think this is this is a great idea. Like if you were, you know, yeah. your 10 stake broke. You know, and you really needed one. It's super windy or whatever. And you're like, well, or maybe you just pound it all the way down into the, like ours is, so the Gossamer gear ones are a U shape. Yeah. So you could use that as one tent stake if you just really and you're got probably, it in there. You're probably going to want soft ground, like right beside some snow maybe to, to get a, to get a, a, a frame like jammed in the ground. Well, the other thing is that you could use it as an anchor, just like you would right. a stick. You could just stick it through the loop and then make it parallel to the tent and then put Big rocks on top of that, so that would work yeah. as well. Have you ever had a a, a tent stake get so stuck in the ground that you cannot get it yes. out? Yes. Oh yeah. Even you know you pour the little water on it, and you do everything else, and you're like pooped on it. <laughs> <laughs> what Beauty, do you do why? after? You just you have to leave it. There's nothing you. Can I do had there. one like that in the Gila, not on the CDT. Oh, I found it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was out hiking at Christmas time. I thought it would be warm down there. This is before I knew very much about anything. I went down there with my dog, and we tried to do some hiking and got snow. It was so cold. And the tent stake froze in the ground in the morning. I could not get it out. I, like, almost gave myself a hernia trying to get it out, and I was kicking it, and it just broke. Yep. It broke off. And I was just like, well, I guess now I need to pound it all the way down so that someone doesn't rip their shoe or their knee or whatever on it. So, anyway, aluminum stays for tent stakes. I like it. I like it, too. All right. Keep those 10 stake ideas coming. We can stay on 10 stakes. There's so much yeah. more to review. There's so much more to explore. We've only spent two years on 10 stakes. <laughs> well, we're never going to run out. It's just like trails. Like That's right. We just keep, I bet I've got 15 trails on the docket for Trail of the Month. Yeah, now 16. So, yeah, 16. They, it just The list grows every month. That's right. All right. Uh, are we going to give Mike DiLorenzo a call? Um, I think we're a little early. He seemed very clear about waiting okay oh here we go hello hello is this the trail show yeah hi have i reached the trail show what's up d-lo hi guys hey d-lo we were reviewing this book called look big and it's about how to survive and avoid animal attacks and did you know that bees wasps and hornets kill 60 people per year no they but do. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you could have been Especially one. Especially morons surprised. who choose to drink beer, even though there's a bee floating in their cup. Most people would not drink the, the hornet 
in their beer. Have you recovered, Dilo? Have you recovered from that incident? No, I've been out of work all all month. <laughs> I've been in bed. I've been in bed. Uh, okay. I I've had a I haven't been able to breathe very well. I've had to take uh antihistamines. Have and you steroids. been able to still drink beer? Through a straw. <laughs> yeah, through a straw, but I, you know, I I'm not swallowing things very well. In fact, you know, they they've actually prescribed um four beers a day just because of the calorie intake, <laughs> of you know, course. they could just have it's a, a beer in the morning. Diet is common. Yeah, it's like have a beer in the morning, a beer, you know, early in the afternoon, and, and one at dinner, and then you know, yeah. They're probably recommending yeah, yeah. like double IPAs and brandy wines to really get that barley, calorie. Barley yeah. wines, lots, barley wines. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, lots of multi things. Mead, mead. Yep. So Dilo, Plays we're here um, at the Bobby Walters Studios here in Salida, and uh, it's disco. It's Larry Boy, a Pepper Flake. Larry Boy. And P.O.D. Wow. Wait, there's four of you or three of you? Four of us. Wow. Larry Boy and Pepper Flake are our guests. Okay. Where, hi, Larry Boy and Pepper Flake. Where are you guys from? Hey, Dila. I'm from Northern California. Hi. I'm from P.O.D.'s oh, home cool. in Michigan. Yep, from wow. my house. That's awesome. We're siblings. What are you guys doing, <laughs> are you guys doing in Salida other than, hiking. other than recording the trail show? Hiking. Hiking? Yeah, just hiking. What trail? Larry, well, Larry Boy's yeah, Larry Boy's on the CDT, and who knows what Pepper Flake's doing, man? I just finished the Sangre de Cristo traverse that came up from Blanca Peak. Oh, yeah, really? Did, did you go over the northern Sangre de Cristos? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It was and you good. came down into Salida, more or less. Yeah, did just, you come into Salida. Yep, walked right into town. Ooh, right to this house. Right to wow. Fifty <laughs> Burger, right to the studio. and then right to this house. Were you up? Were you up high? Were you up high in those really rugged thirteeners, like twelve twelvers, in the very northern tip of the Sangres? Were you up there? Were you up high there? Oh yeah, just like right at the very top. Whoa. Yeah, 13, hardcore 14, man. feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. I haven't, I haven't been north of, I haven't been north of Hayden Pass. Okay. Oh, that's when yeah. it starts to mellow out. Between oh, Hayden really? Pass and Salida. Well, yeah, it's I mean, it's, yeah, but but that stuff north of Hayden Pass is kind of remote because there's not many trails to the crest there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like no trails yeah. in the whole range. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, Dilo, did you get any questions this month for the uh, Ask a Hicker? Yeah, <laughs> sure, I do. Do we have? So there are two Michigan natives in the uh, yes in the studio tonight. That's correct. Okay. That's right. Well, this first this first question. Um, could be addressed to those that that man that ma- madam and that sir, the the two of them there, that are from Michigan, correct? It is okay. A woman and a man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's I'm, I'm, that was a question for you. There's a man. That was a question. That, it, yes, there's one. It of didn't yeah. sound yeah. like a question. This okay, is basic cool. human Just biology, Dilo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So we'll get a nice we'll get a nice even level keeled answer then for this year question. You okay. Guys ready? Okay. Dearest D-Low, I am an Ohio native who lives in an area lacking proper overnight trails. Most trails near me are at most seven miles long. I have hiked sections of the Buckeye Trail, but would really like to visit, 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 you guys ready? Michigan. Now that I have become a more avid hiker. I have six to ten days off beginning August 1st. Which trails are recommended for this time frame in Michigan with oh, excellent beer choices nearby. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reading this. All though the most useful information is likely to come 
from the late Paul Magnanti. I would also <laughs> like to hear from P.O.D., as I know she lived in Michigan. Okay. I don't think yeah. the late Paul feel Magnanti has add, been to Michigan. Feel free to add any of your typical rambling at the end of my email to satisfy the rest of the trail show nation. <laughs> budget. Larry boy, did you, you had, you seemed like you were jumping at, jumping at the gun there to make a recommendation. Well, the, the good news for, what is this uh, person's name again? Budget. Budget. Um, the budget. good news for budget is that there are over a thousand miles of the North country trail in Michigan. Yes, that's what I was going to say. And much of it is along Lake Superior in the upper peninsula. And it is gorgeous. So you can pick Whoa. a random s- section of that in the pictured rocks area and yeah. just go oh, yes. crazy. The other thing, if or budget, go ahead, I was going to say with six to 10 days, you could go for an FKT on the thousand mile long. Northern <laughs> you could, but you might Six need to be on a Segway. Days, yeah. Yeah. And Do I think it. by I then think the mosquitoes may have abated a bit. Uh, not necessarily in the UP. Mm. Yeah, However, if you are looking for something in the Lower Peninsula, which may be a bit less buggy, you could definitely do... There's a particular loop that utilizes both the uh, North Country Trail and the Manistee River Trail. It's in the lower peninsula, maybe uh-huh. an hour or two north of Grand Rapids. It's a little bit short for what he's what budget. I don't know if it's a he or a she. Maybe one of each. Um, <laughs> basic human biology, folks. There's a, uh, there's a loop that u- utilizes both sides of the river, the, the North Country Trail on one side and the Manistee River Trail yeah, on the other. Yeah, I did it last summer with my brother. There you go. I took him on his no first way, backpacking P-O-D, trip, and I gave awesome. him my leaking tent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, Frito, Roltai Garcia, and I that's hiked awesome. the Manistee River Trail last summer. It was his first overnight backpacking yeah. trip, mm-hmm. and it rained, and he had our old tent. And, <laughs> he, and he said... Is the water supposed to be coming in the tent? Well, it would be good for someone named Budget, right, to have a yeah. leaky tent. So hike the leaky tent trail, I think, is our trail show recommendation. And then like you it. can go to Perrin Brewing. Yeah. And afterwards, for afters. Yes. And they have incredible beer there. It's right there. And you can even camp in their backyard. Yeah, it's actually on your I way think. home. I think. I'm making that up, maybe. But it, I think it would work. The other, the other recommendation for Budget... And this would fit perfectly within the six to ten day window, especially if we're considering travel. If Budge is w- willing to drive a little bit farther, still in Michigan, Budget could visit Isle Royal. Yeah, and you could hike all the way around the island and see all the moose and swim in all the lakes. In August, it'll be nice and warm, and that would be a trip of a lifetime. Although her name is his or her name is Budget, and I think getting to Isle Royal it's, it's a, a little, little pricey. Bit Price. That boat ride. Swim. Swim. It's true. Uh, Swim. Why not Long make distance pack scuba. Packraft. Pack just get a little oar and just get out there. All right, D'Lo. Question number two. What do you have? Question number two. So that was question number one from Budget. Thank you for the lovely answers, Michigan natives. I appreciate it. You betcha. Question number two is an eyewear question. Dear Trail Show, big ups for doing what you do. I have been a listener now for nearly since the beginning. Ever since I was looking for hiking podcasts and saw a post from the late Paul Magnanti on White Blaze advertising your show. Listening to y'all is a high point of the month, and you've inspired me to get on the trail and continue to drink delicious adult beverages. 
The trail show is not the same without Delo's beverage label reading. And oh, we did some of that, that tonight. Donation. It is hoped that the accompanying donation will be adequate to lure him back away from draining the swamp so he doesn't miss the show. Anyway, I'm planning a two-week journey on the long trail in September, which will be the longest trek I have ever attempted thus far in my short hiking career. As a glasses contact lens wearing person, I'm always debating which visual aid to bring with on backpacking trips. I usually opt for glasses due to their ease of use compared with contacts. But this comes with some drawbacks, namely that glasses are not compatible with sunglasses. And there is always the chance they could break. Does the trail show have any advice on the optimal eyewear for backpacking adventures? This is a good Thanks. question. This is, well, I don't think we've T. ever covered this. No, we haven't. I use contact lenses. Dan T is from Albany, New York. Okay. Okay. Do you use contacts? Oh wait a minute. Do you that add, that was not. Dan. Oh, Dan Thompson. Dan, not Dan Sessions. Dan Sessions Thompson. Yeah. But Dan does Thompson. Jeff Sessions wear? Yeah, he wears glasses, right? Yeah. Didn't he do the fake glasses? Guys, no, that was Warren Hatch with the fake glasses. <laughs> you guys know who else was born in all? You know who was born in Albany, New York? Mike, Mike De Lorenzo. Lorenzo. That's right. That's right. Me and Dan Thompson. I don't know him, but we're <laughs> like brothers. Yes. Thank you for your thoughts on the person's question from show number seventy asking about anxiety on the trail. Oh. I, too, suffer from anxiety stemming from being alone in the woods, but it's a catch-22 since going solo is also when I gain the most enjoyment from hiking. Something that has been helpful for me has been becoming aware that anxious thoughts are just another type of thought, and we can choose not to focus on them. Yep. Although this is easier said than done, practicing observing your thoughts and letting them go can be a really helpful activity for those with anxiety. Yeah. That's all about all right. meditation right there. That's right. That's pretty cool. Eyewear question. Okay, back eyewear to the eyewear. Question. So eyewear context. Anybody else? Nope. I wear glasses. Cover flake? No? I, I, well, I, but you don't wear them on trail. Yeah, I actually choose not to take anything with me on trail. And granted, my prescription is pretty yeah. minimal. So I can still read really small font if I no. squint yeah. a little bit. I have crazy. So the map. Yeah. I have, a cra- I have crazy astigmatism. My eyes are shaped like little footballs. <laughs> And um, I'm pretty much blind if I don't have my contacts in. So I wear contact lenses and I bring my glasses and I just stuff them in my sleeping socks. And I, cause I, so my sleeping bag I put in my trash compactor bag, but not in a stuff sack. And then I put my glasses there. So they're pretty safe. Hmm. Unless I really took a big tumble, in which case I would not be concerned about my glasses. But um, I wear contact lenses and I don't recommend using clear care, which is the, hydrogen peroxide solution that has a little screw case that has the little um, catalyst, little disc catalyst at the bottom. Don't use those because those have to be at a certain temperature in order for the reaction to actually occur to uh, completion. And if you don't do, if it doesn't occur all the way, then when you put the contact in, you're going to, your eyes going to slam shut like someone sprayed your face with prepper spray. So don't use the clear care, just use regular saline solution. And I will say that, I don't take a lot of precautions. I'm pretty sloppy and lazy in many ways when I'm on trail. And I've scratched my corneas twice, but Ugh. never on trail. Always when I'm like living in a house. Hmm. Um, and so I try to just like rub my fingers off on my clothes to make sure the sand granules are off. And then I just take my lenses out at night and put them back in in the morning. And I haven't had any problems. And I also use a specific type of 
eye drop that is called Blink and Clean. Blink and Clean. It's very it's expensive. A regular little eye drop bottle costs nine dollars. But it's specifically designed for people who use contact lenses that you put them in during the day and it actually flushes out some of the proteins that collect between the surface of your eyeball and the back of your contact lens. So if you use that a couple of times a day, it will get rid of any sunscreen that may have gotten in there or sweat, anything like that. So that's my routine. Blink and clean eye drops and just regular saline solution. And when I get to town, I, I really clean my lenses really well with the saline solution. Anybody else want to chime do in? We have, do, yeah, do we have any glasses wearers, on, on-trail glasses people? No glasses. I don't like wearing glasses because no. they get steamy and sweaty and gross. And Yeah. You can get yeah. prescription sunglasses, sure. but... If that's they, another thing to break. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the lenses on sunglasses are like, what, polycarbonate or some sort of plastic. They're not glass, per se. No, but if you get prescription sunglasses, then you have to get... You can't just have, like... You know, regular sunglasses. Yeah, lenses. right. They're they're more. Ex- you need daytime. You need daytime glasses when it's not. And I will say yeah. that my glasses have the transition lenses, which Disco loves. That's a very Michigan thing. And uh, and the reason I got those not because they're so stylish, but because I figured <laughs> if something happened with a contact lens and I couldn't wear my lenses, which means I can't wear my sunglasses, those could be a backup for me. They're not great sunglasses because they don't. It's not the same as sunglasses, but. In a pinch, it would work. Yeah. Hey, I just want to change the subject back to Isle Royal real quick. Okay. Um, that looks like that looks like mosquito heaven. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you serious? Like I don't know about August so in Isle Royal. It could be little ponds. Are you serious? There's so many little ponds everywhere on those glaciated islands. Like oh yeah, Larry God. Boy. Why are you trying to lead boiling with mosquitoes? Budget like, what are you talking into about Larry Boy. Uh-huh. Well, th- I mean, there is a mi- uh, rivalry between Michigan and Ohio. And I'm really just trying to lead Badger astray, <laughs> such that Badger get Badger gets some sort of hemorrhagic fever. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my God! Wow! That's... Things just take a turn. Anyways, I think I think if you go to Isle Royal after the nights start to get cold, yeah, it'll be yeah. I thought Larry Boy was going to say that there's a rivalry between Michigan and the mosquito. <laughs> no, but... there's no rivalry between the hammer and the nail. Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right, I got one more. One more ask a hiker question. Only Thank one? You for the awesome Only one discussion more? about glasses versus contacts versus steamy things breaking <laughs> when you're on the trail and then you can't see anymore. No problem. Okay, question number three. Hello, D. Lowe. What is your favorite best through hiking movie? And what is your least favorite? Ooh. I know my question is too short for POD. So I've included a gear gift list <gasps> idea from the late Paul Magnati for you to read. Thank you. So cold, Yogi. Okay, and now is that you, so cold or stone mind. cold? So cold, Yogi. Okay. So here and now, and now I'm going to proceed to read. Um, give gifts for yourself. A practical gift guide posted on November twentieth, two thousand seventeen, <laughs> by Paul Magnanti. <laughs> Guys, ready? This might take like ten minutes. All right, go. We'll just edit it out right. afterwards. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I'll just read like the first. Yeah, maybe just the first uh, two. Yeah. Ah, it is post-Thanksgiving. The bird has been carved. Turkey sandwiches, soup, hash have been consumed. More than one slice of pie has been served for breakfast. And that means more gift guides are out. Buy stuff to suit the outdoor person in your life. Except, well, 
It really is a gift, guys, for you, isn't it? It is okay. We are adults. We happen to like our toys that are more expensive than when we used ten years old than we used at ten years old. And sometimes we even need these toys in the outdoors if something is to be enjoyed. Difficult to enjoy the Colorado backcountry in winter without snowshoes or skis, for example. However, fat and jolly old man who has NSA like abilities to know if you are bad or good and employ slave laborers with pointy hats. Is not giving me the Are we still number one? What kind of no, pros is this? Oh my god, Dila, what are you there. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? We're okay. in the post Thanksgiving gift guide from Paul Mignanti. What what's going on, man? Yeah, uh, that was it. I don't know. It's just a segue after the question. It just kind of yeah. What was, was the question? Guide, I forgot. But... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, the question is really short. I'll start over. <laughs> hello, D- <laughs> hello, D-Lo. What is your favorite best through hiking movie? Oh what yeah, is your least favorite. I know my question is too short for you. Ooh, I so know. I've included the gear gift ideas from the late Team Agnanti for you to read. Yeah, we can Thank cut you. it off right there. Stone Cold Yogi. <laughs> Stone okay, Cold and Yogi. I'll start with Team Ags's post now. Gift for yourself. <laughs> practical gift. Dilo, can I guess at your favorite backpacking movie? Sure. Wild. Cheryl Strait. Yeah, I, I mean it would be if I would have watched the whole thing, but <laughs> I haven't. Don't lie, Dilo. You've got it on right now. I think I think one of my favorite backpacking films would probably be one of the original um, films from SquatchFilms.com. Yep, I agree. Uh, which which um, all of the names of all of which escape me at this point. <laughs> well, the first one was called Walk, and that's probably my favorite. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so Walk was my favorite, and there was also this. Um, there was another another documentary, uh, hiking movie if you will, about I will. walking. It was called uh, I Walk or something. I Hike. Is it I Walk? That was a book. I that's hike. a book, not a movie. Oh, that's not a book? Wasn't there a document? <laughs> wasn't there a DVD, too, or something? The Walkumentary? Oh, you're, <laughs> I think you're what in that, that film, D-Lo. <gasps> you have yeah, a cameo. Hey, is that Toyota Matrix still for sale? Videographer. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, I don't, those are my yeah. favorites. Awesome. No. What about your least favorite? She no. asked about your least favorite too. I, I don't have any least favorites. I like all. I'll the tell you. Movies. I'll tell you one. Bill Bryson's A Walk in the yep. Woods was terrible. Oh, Disco made me watch Which it. One? A Walk in the Woods. The movie. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Actually, it was. It looks like a high school like drama club made it. No offense to high school drama clubs. Just saying, you know, they don't have the Hollywood budget, it was, so it, was it really is budget. beneath Robert Redford. I think it was a little low budget. It was so bad. So bad. Anyway. I thought it hurt. That's it. That's it. Anybody um, does anybody else have any um hiking movies they want to share with our audience tonight? Well there is uh one by one Mr. Shane Jester O'Donnell. Yes. Yes. Embrace the brutality, D Lo. Yeah. Pretty oh, good yeah, movie. Yeah. Actually if you uh if you want some real fun, go watch his uh like YouTube outtake clips. They're quite silly. Hmm. I have to check those out. And there's I can a imagine. there's a cult classic that I think you might be able to find on Netflix called South Bounders, and it actually has actors in it. Oh yeah, even though it's about an AT through hike, and there's some very dramatic scenes where people uh-huh. fall in creeks that are six inches deep. And anyway, go look at that film and send hate mail to Dilo. What about you, Pepper Flake? <laughs> you ever watch any movies? 
one YouTube movie I watched was uh, Huck Finn CDT movie. Oh, okay. I watched that a couple times. It was pretty good. It's like huh. 15 I haven't seen minutes it. long. There's okay. some nice music in there. Just a lot of scenery shots. Not too much talking. Oh, cool. Yeah. I have a favorite hiking movie. It's called... What is it? It's called Kintaro Walks Japan. <laughs> uh, Kintaro. Kintaro. The Golden Boy. The Golden Boy. I knew that was really your favorite. Like, it was uh, a good movie. one. It was so weird. Yeah. It was so weird. Did you we see it, Larry like Boy? Kintaro a lot. It's you really weird. Pay me <laughs> <laughs> all right, D'Lo, anyway. is that it for Ask a Hiker? That's all I got. All right, man. Well, thanks for Skyping in tonight. We'll let you get back to your solo drinking. Thank you. Do all appreciate right. it. <laughs> all right, buddy. See you next month, man. Have a good night, Trail Show. All right. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye, Felicia. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mike DiLorenzo. I'm not sure what happened there. but uh, He seemed very mellow tonight. Yeah, he seemed I must say. mellow. <laughs> All right, folks, this is the part of the show where we end the show. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Larry Boy for helping us finally do the yes. Uinta Highline Trail justice. Thank you. Best Woo-hoo. of luck on the rest of the CDT and come back and panel with us again. Thank you very much. Uh, Pepper Flake, good luck on your hike in Yellowstone, man. Thanks for sitting in and paneling with us. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me over. You bet. <laughs> Big shout out to Marcus Selig of the National Forest Foundation for bringing us up to speed on all their work. You can check them out at nationalforests.org. A large thanks to Eric, Lisa, and Curtis Ware for the beer donation this evening, which we have put to great use. Mm -hmm. Big thanks to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a koozie and some stickers for a $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com on Twitter at Trailshow on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show on the Stitcher app, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. Another Trail Show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princes of Darkness, Larry Boy, Pepper Flake, D'Lo, Special 41, and Marcus, I'm Disco. R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. Ciao. That's a show. You had to end it on a sour note. You know, someday I hope that Dr. Bronner's makes like a collaboration beer with some local microbrewery. And the only reason I hope they do that. Peppermint beer? It doesn't matter what kind. Just so D'Lo can read the can. (laughs) (laughs) Eternal father, eternally one. All one, all one, all one. That would be uh, an entire hour-long show just reading that label. The moral ABCs, man. He would have so much fun with that. He would. Maybe we should just put beer in a Dr. Bronner's bottle for the next show. (laughs) (laughs) It might have a little soapy aftertaste. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's what you do for like Noel's kids or whatever if they refuse to poop. Yeah. You make them eat soap? Yeah, like you just put a little soap in. How can you re- wait? How, how can you, you refuse to poop? I mean, doesn't it just happen? No, no, no. no, no. Like, like if if people are holding it for like a amount of time that's kind of like unhealthy, because like they just can't get over <laughs> woods. Okay, you should probably edit that out. <laughs> um, um, they uh, they'll put just like a little bit of soap in the bottom of the uh, the like the cook pot. And just a little bit of soap in your food. You can't taste it or anything like that, but it will make I've never had that problem. Larry, boy, I've never heard of this in my life. Pepper Flake, have you heard of anything like this? No, I haven't. 
Seriously, you people do not deal with petulant poopers. <laughs> I get, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag petulant pooper. <laughs> Hashtag all killer, no filler. Jeez. All right, let's go home. Let's go drink some more tequila. Okay. Done. Bye. Bye, Felicia. A shampoo magnet, huh? Thermarest cannot actually be repaired by wishing alone. Thank <laughs> you.